This is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mac. And this is Chris Mack. Welcome to you to episode 187 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal, airing to you well, coming to you bi-weekly through practically any streaming service, as well as airing from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time on Monday nights on Overkill Radio. It's every other Monday night. So, on nights that we're not playing the podcast, Pat and Reese are on the radio. Hell yeah, the radio show's back in action. Yes, absolutely. So let's get started with Previously On. Previously On was a fruitful episode. I don't remember shit. Yeah, we're, that's, I think that's just going to be the vibe we we get going for a little while until like things get settled. And uh, I, I don't see things settling for me up until like maybe January. So <laughs> if, if I get a chance to write something in the script, maybe we'll do a scripted show. But these free flow ones have been pretty easy and pretty fun. So, so if if anything with previously on, we'll just kind of come across it as we go through the past two weeks. For sure, for um, sure. So, but speaking of uh, episodes, you mentioned that we're up to 187. We have 13 episodes left. We should start thinking about what we want to do uh, if we want to do anything special for episode 200. I have an idea. Oh. Let's oh. do an episode. <laughs> a what? An, <laughs> an episode? episode. <laughs> let's do. Let's go back to formula <laughs> and do a scripted episode. I remember when we first started this podcast, I was taking notes, handwritten notes, in a notebook, and we were going through that <laughs> before we set up the script. Oh, what a fucking time! Yeah, good old seven plus years ago at this point. Yeah, for real. I think I would, did I think we'd be doing this seven years later? Well, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> what else are we going to be doing? I, I'm the motherfucking Nostradamus. <laughs> uh, okay, so 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 we're going to skip over previously on um, new Discord members. We haven't paid attention to that in a while, and Discord's been generally uh, pretty slow. It's been it's been nice and quiet. No 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 real no real action. But we figured that that will hopefully change as we more progress next year uh old business i mean again we'll cover that when we get to uh the news so we go on to new business and with new business we talk about new album releases i have some things to to mention as far as recent album releases Mm -hmm. uh but i'm gonna let you take over all right, so I got I pulled up my Spotify here, and I got my playlist for going back to October fourteenth. And unfortunately, this is one where I kind of fell off because um, we talked about this, I think, on a, on the previous podcast because it was it was the week that it happened. But um, the new Red Hot Chili Peppers album came out. I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. Uh, the new We Came as Romans came out. I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. Orianthe, Dragonland. But one thing I did listen to from October 14th was the new Alter Bridge. And um, I have to say that, man, they're, they are, they're really fucking good. Um, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, how like they kind of fallen on the radar for me personally. Um, 
and I really started to listen to them once Edge came back to the WWE, and of course his his theme song is a, is an Alter Bridge song. Same um, thing but with, uh, the Judgment Day, their their theme song. For sure, for sure. Uh, but this this uh this album is pretty good. I mean, they 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 are really solid, uh, hard rock heavy metal band that pretty much delivers consistency. You know what you're gonna get. Um, Mark Tremonti, like if you listen to what he did in from Creed to this, he was underutilized in Creed. Like he really like toned down his songwriting in Creed, and now he has fully stepped up in All the Bridge. And Miles Kennedy is a great fucking frontman. We don't hear enough about this guy, so uh, he's he is fucking great. So you you can understand why these why all these guys are like the two main guys in this band, Mark Mark Tremonti and Miles Kennedy, have multiple projects projects going on at the same time. You can understand why that's happening and why they're like pretty sought after. So yeah, um, that's actually an album that I did listen to uh, because uh, it's one of the ones I picked up because it was uh, it was a pre order um, and. Um, and I have to agree, it is a great album. So yeah, definitely, they're definitely a solid band. Um, it's one of those bands that, like, even their even their songs that that like they're 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 decent at worst. We'll say that, you know. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Yeah, like you 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 can you can enjoy every single song to an extent, but like at their at their peak, they're fantastic. And, yeah, and at their worst, they're they're good. So it's like okay, I I, I can get along with this. They they're, they're just you know a really solid band. Yeah, uh, it's the it's the consistency for a band like that 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 makes it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so that was the only thing I had a chance to listen to for October fourteenth. So we can skip to ahead to October twenty first. I'll skip over the main one I listened to for that one for right now and come back to it. Uh, so we'll go straight into the new album from uh, Avatarium. Uh, this is a band that you introduced me to way back when. I think they were t- one of your top three probably like six or seven years yes. ago. The girl, the girl in the Raven Mask. Yes, out. yes. Uh, I think this is their this is uh they've this is their second album since then. So they've had a couple albums since uh, this, this is their third album since third album, okay. Um, and they they are a solid solid band. Like uh, the front woman is great. The backing band is awesome. They have really good some catchy ass songs. Um, they're just a lot of fun to listen to, you know. So I thought that was I thought that came out really well. Did you get a chance to listen to that? Uh, it's another one that I bought. So, oh, cool! Yes. Um, and I thought it was a good album. Uh, it is definitely comparatively laid back. It's a mm. softer album than 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 an album like The Girl in the Raven Mask. Um, I I actually happen to have uh, all the albums from them, and you know they with their style is that kind of doomish style. They're they're uh, one of the one of the members of the band is actually the guy who uh, main the main person from Candlemass. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so you figure that they would have a similar style and everything like that, but this album was a little bit more somber per se. Um, so, it, like you know, songs like "Girl," like "Girl in the Raven Mask," they 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 didn't have ones of that 
they didn't particularly have ones of that tempo or anything, but they had some, some really good tunes. Um, I have to go back and listen to the full catalog, but uh, it's definitely it's definitely a great album. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely enjoyed listening to that. Uh, so the next thing I listened to from October twenty first was the new Surge Tankin. Um, what's it called? He has a new EP out, which I think is all um, digital. I don't think he's releasing physical copies anymore, but it's called Perplex Cities. Um, and that was pretty good. Um, it passed by really quickly, so I really didn't like. It was very like, it was like Avatarium, search taken, and then right to the next one, and it, it passed by a little too quick for me to really absorb it. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, being only an EP and five songs, it really didn't give me enough of a of a like a enough material to really dive into uh, without multiple listens. So I had to go back and and um, and listen to that one again, but. In general, again, it's like if you know Serge's solo stuff, uh, his um, his voice is unmistakable. He, no one sounds like Serge, um, and his his solo stuff is a little bit more. Um, I want maybe bombastic might be the way to go because it's a little bit more uh, involved than a, 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 a system of a down song, which is chaotic. Um, his stuff tends to be almost like more soundscapey, like a lot more is involved than a typical system of a down song. So that was the vibe I was getting. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard it, so I, I can't say anything. Let's see if you listen to the next one I got, and that is the new Avantasia. Nope. Really? Uh, I, I, I ordered it. It said it wasn't going to come until December. Um, and then it said, oh, we're actually going to sell it to you in November. And I was like, okay, well, I'll wait for it. And uh, I just haven't taken the time to just go on to like Spotify and listen to it. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you should because it's good. Um, he's got, of course, with every Avertasia record, he's got multiple um, singers involved. He's got two songs with Floor Jansen. He's got a song with Yorn, um, Michael Kisk. Uh, Bob Catley, Eric Martin, Jeff Tate. It's it's a you know you, you know what pretty much what you're gonna get when you get to an Avantage record. It's big. It's pow- it's bombastic. It's fucking like it's ridiculous. Um, and this is no different. But it's also just incredibly fun. Like listening to Avantage is just incredibly fun. So I mean, if you want to wait for it to come, wait for it to come. But if you want to get a taste and have a, like a, a quick pick me up. I would go listen to this record on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll probably, I'll probably get to it at some point. Yeah, uh, when, when I'm not, like, I'll, I'll explain it when I get to, get to, uh, my, my part of things. Gotcha. Um, another thing I listened to in October 21st is what's it called? Blood 1983. This is a quick EP that in this moment did where they um, redid a few of their songs and every song is like a remix and it has 1983 after it. Cause pretty much what they did is they did like a synth wave version of some of their previous songs. Um, And, and in this moment, it's always been kind of like in the times almost. uh, Cause like, like one of their songs was like when they first came out, it was like in the very much in this or took some stylizing from um, like uh, EDM when that was very popular. Synthwave is making is a is a pretty big popular uh, subgenre of music right now, especially with the success of like things like um, 
Stranger Things and whatnot in the soundtrack. Uh, so they redid a couple of their songs in that style, and I actually found it to be fucking really good. Like, it wasn't just like they took their old song that with the old sound and put some of this stylization on it. Is they they come almost completely redid the song. It's a, almost a complete remix, and it's I thought it was really fucking good. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, it's pretty imaginative with some of the things that they did in the synthwave uh, style, and yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Plus, I'm I'm just a fan of in this moment. I know that sometimes they get a little bit of flack for some reason, uh, but I think they're pretty fucking great. So. I haven't really listened to them very much, uh, so I can't say anything here. Um, so, so that's all you. Yeah. All right, but the but the big one uh, for October twenty first, and not just for metal, actually not for metal at all, <laughs> but across like you know multiple different genres and music as a whole is the new album from our our latest pop love uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, her album Midnight's came out, and it's already a cultural phenomenon, pretty much, uh, which is pretty much what happens whenever she releases a record. Yeah. Um, but listening to this, I I really really liked it. So I was curious because it doesn't sound like her typical stuff. Like when like when people think of Taylor Swift, they immediately think to like things like uh, Shake It Off, which is a very like to your typical pop song and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Midnight's is definitely not that. Uh, so I, I looked on her Wikipedia page uh, for this particular album, and I was curious, like, what kind of subgenres or genres they were throwing this into. Um, and some of the ones they threw out were, like, pop, indie pop, synth pop, uh, all pop stuff, but with, like, these other different things attached to it. Like, like I said, indie and synth pop. So it's kind of like, it's not just straight up, you know, by the by the numbers, pop songs. Um what I really like about her um, <laughs> her style is like she has this very like breathy voice. She doesn't like belt out songs like a, like a, like a Christina Aguilera or something like that. She has a really breathy style. It's very like low key, and then her casual obscenities are really great. Like she throws in a bunch of fucks on this record, which like you don't expect, and it sounds so gentle. But it's like what the fuck just happened? Because it kind of throws you off, but. Yeah. Um, but in general, I think the songs are really good. The music that, that she has behind it is really good. Uh, she has a couple of pretty good... Uh, she has one really good um, featured uh, artist on here, which is uh, Lana Del Rey, and they do a song called uh, Snow on the Beach, um, which is really good. Her song Antihero is really good. Uh, Vigilante Shit is really great. Um yeah, she's she's just killing it on this record. And when we get to the charts, it's not going to be on the charts this week, uh, but it will be on the charts next week for sure. Um, also, we have to mention that she's uh, she released this album on October twenty first, midnight, and of being you know, it's also being called Midnight, which is pretty cool. And then just a few hours later, she re released this album with seven additional tracks, and it's just called the Midnight's three a.m. version. So there's the regular version, which has 13 tracks, and then the 3 a.m. version, which has 20 tracks. And it's all killer shit. So yeah. big fan. Uh, I, I did listen to this. I took a kind of a passive listen to it uh, on first listen. I think it's better than, than Folklore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's definitely a little bit more engaging. Uh, 
because you know, I, I, on subsequent listens of folklore, I got a little bit more bored per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, like, it's still good. But this this is a little bit more. I guess I don't want to say upbeat, but it's it's still again, it, like you said, it kind of defies the expectation of, of the the pop genre that she is that energetic pop she's kind of going for more of just like that singer songwriter vibe yeah for sure for sure Her, lyrically she does like she she's more of a storyteller than anything else um and uh, i enjoyed it but i have to take a another uh, another listen to it. like i was surprised by how quickly i went back for a re-listen on it like i i think i listened to it like i listened to the the original album first and then when i saw on the internet that she released the um, 3 a.m. version, I immediately went back and re-listened to the whole fucking thing again. Mm-hmm. And I've gone back to it a few times. And it's actually, like I said, it's, like you said, it's, it's it catches you off guard about, like, the about her styling. And I, I kind of put it in the same kind of, um, the same kind of vibe as, like, uh, Latter-day Foo Fighters, where, like, Latter-day Foo Fighters, they're not writing catchy songs anymore. They're just writing really good rock songs. They're not going for the big choruses, so to speak. Like they're just putting out some rather rad fucking rock songs, and I think that's what kind of like it's like she has her choruses, which you, like you know any kind of pop genre you're gonna need a chorus for. But the thing is, again, like you said, like her storytelling is very good. Like all of her albums are, tend to be very personal, and she really puts in a lot of thought into what she's like singing about. So I think, um, yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. And then also, I think she also. Um, made a couple of music videos for these and she directs those music videos. So yeah. she's like very like multifaceted in her uh, album releases. Yeah. It just makes me, it, it, it makes me think of um, the, the bit from Brooklyn nine, nine. Everybody loves Taylor Swift. She makes me feel things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all Swifties at heart. Yeah. Um, I will say that I, 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 I I love my new shirt. Um, yes, um, yes. Which, which I, I have to have on camera someday. Um, but it's my new heavy metal, um, my metal Taylor Swift T-shirt. So yeah, you were rocking that pretty hard last night. That was that was cool. Yeah, nice light blue T-shirt. One of one of one of four colors I have in my t- in my T-shirt repertoire now. So I, have, <laughs> I have black, purple, red. Well, it was good to see that yesterday, only because like it was able, to, it was easy to find you in the huge crowd we were in last night. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, um, is, is that all we have for for new new? That's all I have for new new. If you want to get a, like a a quick um, preview of what we're going to be talking about that came out on the twenty eighth of October, we're recording this on the thirtieth. Um, we got. Dark Throne came out with a new record this week. We got Demon Hunter. Fear Factory came out with a remix album this week. And what else did I pick up in my Spotify? Oh, Therion came out with a new album. Oh, so, yeah. I think Therion is uh, re-releases. No, there's a lot of re-releases, but there's also a new one mixed in. God damn. Yeah, yeah. Leviathan 2. Leviathan 2 is a new one. God damn it. I didn't yeah, know that. I know. Now I have to catch up. Yeah, because I'm also looking at the Loudwire because I just read that from Wikipedia. I'm looking at the Loudwire list, and you're correct. There's like one, two, three, four, five re-releases. 
on Therion, and then the Leviathan too. Yeah, they have a lot of they have a lot of fucking albums. Oh, that's cool because like I'm also looking at the the. the when you do when you look at Loudwire, they put the album and the the record label comes out on. So, um, all the re releases are from Napalm Records. They are on Nuclear Blast now, and the new rec- well, the new album is coming out on came out on Nuclear Blast. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I thought they were on Nuclear Blast because I know that the uh, the the DVD box that I bought from years ago was Nuclear Blast. They probably go from they probably back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Back and forth. It also probably depends on like like which which record company owns the rights to it or some shit like that. So, yeah. um, so outside of the two that you've mentioned, as far as Alter Bridge and Abitarium, um, those are like the brand new records that I've listened to. Um, so I, I what I've been what I've done lately is I've I've bought a handful of, of CDs. Um, so. My my birthday passed uh, earlier in the month, as we know. Um, and on my birthday list, I had a handful of CDs. And basically, the choice was, if I don't get any of these for my birthday, I'm buying them all myself. Um, <laughs> so, I, so I picked up everything else that wasn't given to me. Um, and so I've been kind of going through recent releases. Um, how recent? Well, okay, so it goes back a little far. Um, so I'm going to start off because I'm going to go alphabetically because uh, based on what I've listened to, because uh, I'm looking right above me. I haven't I haven't sorted these yet, um, but I listened to the last Blaze Bailey album, War Within. Mm. Me. Um, great album. Um, I don't think that Blaze Bailey has released has only he's only released one rough record, um, and that was the King of Metal. Um, everything else has been absolute gold. Um, I, I I think that he is a severely underrated solo artist, and it's a damn shame because the the the, the band he has, the power he has in his voice, like he's come so far since Iron Maiden, and I think people need to write. Right, um, I think um, we've we've talked about this before, and it's part of the stigma of his time in Iron Maiden that really kind of like derailed almost some of his solo oh, yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. Um, I'm I'm sure that that's probably a very similar case to um, to uh, Ripper Owens. Like his time in Judas Priest soured a lot of people to him, even though he is a very prolific. Uh, Musician, as far as uh, guest appearances, multiple bands, all this, all this stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, But the Blaze Bailey album is great. Um, I really wish he would come back to the states and perform here again. That'd be phenomenal. Um, I got a copy of uh, Blood Guardian, The God Machine. Oh yeah, hell yeah! And that was that is obviously a great album. I think I need a few more listens to it to kind of pull apart uh, certain tracks and everything, um, just because I'm still still high on the the Red Mirror, uh, beyond the right. Red Mirror. So, right, yeah. right. Um, Delane, that wasn't a new album, but I, I got that. Um, I re-listened to the new Grave Shadow album, The Uncertain Hour. Uh, now, Grave Shadow. If if you if you if you know Grave Shadow from their first two albums, their new album is nothing like it at all. 
they completely mm-hmm. changed their style. Um, and they've become a lot more uh, the uh, operatic style. Gotcha. So, so they're closer to Epica now than they are to uh, like a more um, big big choruses, big catchy choruses and everything like that. They're just more operatic. And it's still good, um, but I, 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 I do miss some of the some of the awesome melodies that he, he used to, to have. So, um, but still a great album. Definitely, definitely worth my time. Um, listen to the new Helgrim, um, new album Ritual, which came out uh, on the day of my last uh, the last show that I promoted. Um, and Helgrim, straightforward rock, very prolific band, and album kicks ass. Simple, simply put, no, no, no two ways about it. Um, they, they just, they just know how to write great rock songs. So, um, I finally really listened to the new Megadeth, um, mm-hmm. and I now have a better opinion of it. Um, I need to take another listen to it to kind of get a little bit more into it, but I, I did take this, the second listen to it, and I did enjoy it a lot more than the first time around. So that was that was uh, giving it its fair shake. Very cool. Um, an album that was good on first listen was the new Ozzy album. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one too, yeah. Very much liked that album. That was really, really good. Um, and the more I hear the uh, the title track, the more I get into it, because that, that's a really good chorus, I'll say. It, it's just, yeah. Um, uh, the new album, Queensryche, on first listen, it is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be taking more listens to it very soon, because on Tuesday, the 1st of November, we have an uh, interview coming up with Michael Wilton. Yes, longtime guitar player of Queensryche. So oh, yeah. uh, I will be I will be taking a solid listen to the last four records um, and getting ready for that interview. Um, so looking forward to that. That's um, awesome. But on first listen, like um, it's like basically I feel like they, they they've all been building blocks. Like the la- the first two were kind of building blocks to the verdict. Like the way that I've been thinking of it lately is that as soon as uh, Blood of the Old Lot came out uh, from the verdict, like. I, I felt the band had completely solidified their their their, their new formula with Tom Latore. Um and then they come out with this album, and it's just again, it's it's a it's another rocker. Um, they they've recaptured a groove. It's not it's not the same kind of metal that they did in the '80s, but it doesn't need to be, and that's that was important. You know what I got a vibe from from this new Queens Rock record is it felt a lot like uh, sound wise anyway or sonically, it felt very Operation Mindcrime to me. It, I, I didn't I didn't get that vibe because okay. it's very it's very hard to to match that vibe, like. I, to 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 get to that point, I would have to like really really sit and analyze it and try to make those connections. Like but, yeah, don't 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 go into it expecting the concept, but um, 
I just like like I said, sonically, I felt I felt that vibe, especially because like Tyler Tory does sound a lot like uh, Jeff Tate, uh, so like that 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 sound is very similar, uh, at least vocally and with the rest of the band. Uh, you know, I'm listening. I'm re-listening to the. Um, I'm re-listening to the first album they did with Todd, and um, I felt like he sounded a lot more. He he sounded a lot more like, um, like Jeff on that album, and then since then he's just made his, He's he's made his differences known. Uh-huh. Um, he's he still can hit a higher register. Than, than Jeff yes. Tate can, uh, he's got a little bit more, you know, in, in a more advanced age, he's got a lot more range. Um, he's you know, his voice. I can I can definitely hear the differences in his voice. Um, there, yes, there are the similarities, but um, I think that for what Queensrÿche is going for right now, he is definitely far better suited. Um, especially because I listened to the last album they did with. Um, Jeff Tate before um, before whatever happened happened and God that album <laughs> they were like as a Queensryche album it's it's bad as an attempt at a Peter Gabriel album it's pretty decent so huh. like they were like it really sounds like they were going for that like that dark pop vibe that Peter Gabriel was. gotcha. So, um, but it's still, it was, it was no bueno. Um, no bueno. No bueno. Um, but they are, they're back in their, they're back in their, their metal. And, uh, you know, it's great knowing that they've rejuvenated so much at hitting, now hitting roughly the 40 year mark. Yeah, so, for sure. For sure. So, yeah. Um, listen to the new Ramstein. Uh, uh, Zeet. Uh, oh, you went that far back? Wow. Yes, because I, 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 um, I have everything else from 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 them, and I didn't get a chance to listen to that one, so I got it. Um, and it's 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 Ramstein. I mean, they they, they I have, mean, yeah, they 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 are just a spec a spectacle, even on record. So. Yeah, yeah, like. I, I, in listening to like their 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 catalog, um, you know there are some points where it gets a little bit like you know you know. I I listened to some of it and then I had to change records because I was like oh my god it's the same kind of the same thing over and over and like it's not a bad formula of course I think it's a good one but like just sometimes you gotta you gotta mix it up a little bit more and. And after once they got to a certain point in their career, I felt that they had kind of um, you know, lost a little luster, and they picked it back up with uh, their self-titled album, and then carried it on with with Sight. So um, I think they're on a good uh, on a good path right now. Sweet. Um, listen to the Chili Peppers again, the new one. Uh, still great record. Pretty like. Definitely, like I said, uh, best in Stadium Arcadium, but not even remotely close because that album is their best album as far as uh, post-funk era. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. So, um, and this one, 
will make you happy. Uh, my last one is the new Soil Work album, Overgiven. Oh, oh my I, God. I loved this record. Dude, I have been trying to tell you for like the last like two months. It is, what a fucking record. Like, <laughs> like wow. It is, it is definitely their least heavy album, but it sounds like they're doing, like they're crossing over between Soil Work and Night Flight Orchestra. They just sound yes. so that's the vibe I was getting too. Oh my god, they like they're incorporating a little bit of that catchy '70s rock shit that they're doing with Night Flight, like like Speed's doing with Night Flight Orchestra, and bringing yeah. it a little bit on the heavier side with uh, with Soil Work. Oh, what a combo! Yeah, it it, it works. It's a great album. I loved it. So, oh man, what a um, record! But. A few other things that I gotta, um, I, I have a, I have a small stack of CDs that I still need to listen to. I need to finish listening to the Dead Daisies. Um, uh, I bought the the latest Epica album that came out last year because I just saw them live recently, and I gotta catch up on them. I still have the Who record to listen to, uh, Rumble and Thunder, uh, Rumble of Thunder, um, and. Machine Head, and Ooh. I have to re-listen to um, the Taylor Swift album. Also, um, I have a copy of an album from R.E.M. called Chronic Town. It's actually a reissue of their like very first EP all the way back in the day. Interesting. Uh, so they re-released that, and I bought that. So I got a very cool. Yeah, but uh, as far as the new releases, you already covered it with Alderbridge and Apatarium. Um I haven't really kept on top of like brand new stuff otherwise. So. I've been trying to be better about it because I fell off for a little while, but like I'm, I'm just not taking notes like I was. Mm-hmm. But either way, I'm, I am enjoying some of the new stuff that's coming out. It's been pretty good. Absolutely. Um, so I think, uh, uh, is there anything else that we've been listening to? I mean, aside from from those new releases, um, my typical podcasts. Uh, so every every Monday, I listen to the same ones because they all come out with either Sunday or Monday. So it's like you know, Doom Pod, um, Austin Danger Pod, Seventy Millimeter Podcast. I've thrown a couple of chess podcasts in there. Um, <clears throat> so you know, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing crazy. Um, you listen to some of the our ten word review artists. Uh, we just released the. The newest one for October, uh, of course, being Typo Negative. Uh, of course, it listens to what we're doing in November. Already recorded my parts for that, which is pretty nice to be ahead of, of the times for once. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm going to have to work on our December artists now, uh, but that should be pretty easy. Yeah. Um, other than that, just like listen, I I constantly re-listen to the Soil Work record. Um, and I go back every once in a while when I just need to like, chill out or I need to just focus on something and I, and I need something just to be in the background and not bother me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still doing film scores specifically Hans Zimmer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, although I had a conversation with Randy over the week, over the weekend about some of his scores and some of them are like anxiety inducing, like inception is a constant fucking, like you're on the edge of your seat listening to that one because the whole movie is like that pretty much. So, like when you start, when you start listening to it, you start getting a little stressed out. So you have to switch to something a little bit more uh, relaxing, which is like um, the Interstellar one is 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 pretty phenomenal for that sort of thing. So 
yeah. but other than that, like I've been just kind of circling back on a couple of the of my my go to favorites and uh, and the new shit. So, um, I've been preparing for a lot of the ten more reviews for next year. Like I, oh, Jesus, like I'm really trying to to get as much of a heads up as I can now. Uh, just because I know that when the time comes, it's going to be busy, busy, busy shit. Like, um, so the things that the things that I can I can do now, I'm trying to get done now. Um, so I've as far as next year, I already I did April's a long time ago because uh, that I just did on a whim, um, and I decided to put it in April next year. So that was that was kind of like a done before we even booked it um but i did i did january i did february i started working on next december um, jesus i'm currently working on june i want to get like like the first six months out of the way just so i can not worry about it and focus on new releases because we're thinking about bringing back top three um Oof. So I can, so I want to be able to listen to some new releases. Jesus um, Christ, I'm looking, I'm looking at the schedule for our ten more reviews for next year, and it's intense. Like I want to be involved in like just about all of them, but then I'm looking at December. I'm like, oh my fucking god, I gotta start that now. That's 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 why I start now. <laughs> oh like, fuck! I, I, I got. <laughs> I'll 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 give this I'll give this 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 notion now. It is it is November of 2022, and we're talking about December of 2023. Um, that 10 word review will be our single most ambitious video uh, and, and longest one. Period. For, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, actually, uh, for for the following year for for for. October, I am doing an equally long one, so we're going to make the end of that year very easy for us. Oof. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think I think you can imagine who has who has a lot of a fuck ton of albums and would be great for Halloween. So I think you know who who I'm talking. About. Possibly, but we'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll call them old black eyes. <laughs> so, um. But yeah, so um, I'm working on that as much as possible. Um, I re-listened. Um, so some of the some of the album reviews that I'm going to be doing next year kind of fall into the same line as my Lulu review, which was I wrote them back in 2012, 2013, 2014, and I will read the review verbatim as I wrote it back then and then give my, my thoughts in the current year. Um, so I went back and listened to one of the albums that I'll be reviewing, the first one I'll be reviewing for next year, um, and got to listen to that so I can write my, write my review for that. Um, and then um, there's going to be a joint review in February, probably, that I've been listening to that album to start writing it um i do have bits and pieces of a few extras um one that i started back january of last year um that i'm trying to finish up one that i was going to do earlier this year but never finished so i have bits and pieces of a lot of things i want to finish them up and release them next year um 
Um, my intention is to do a one-minute review every week next year, so I have to start picking albums and start doing that. Um, one thing I did listen to recently that um, made me wonder, A, why I haven't done a 10-word review on them, and B, just made me love the band even more, I listened to one of my favorite albums from Power Man 5000. Oh. <laughs> Somewhere on the other side of nowhere. Um, it, it, it's it's such a good record. I mean, there's only one song I'm not crazy about, but it, otherwise, it's such a good. Record. And I think I think even even the uh, Spider, the singer, he listed it as his favorite of all their their albums. Um, it's it's just you know it's solid, very catchy tunes. You know, they 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 they've they've always been kind of you know that that sci-fi horror tongue-in-cheek you know fun shit, and this album is no different whatsoever. Yeah, I I just love it. I love that band, uh, and I hope they come out with a new album soon, a real new album, not not like the last one. What was the last one? Last one was called The Noble Rot, and it was uh it was basically it, it sounded like. Spider was just like cooped up in a studio for a few weeks, and he just wrote this this record of um, kind of like kind of going for that synthwave vibe. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. You know, like it was it was just kind of it wasn't too heavy. The only like the heaviest track was a was a a, re, a remake of um, When Worlds Collide, like. That was it. Everything else was just kind of like very weird and tried to be like kind of spooky. Um, it, it just it, it 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 just paled in comparison to everything. Gotcha. So uh, I want to want a real record. So, uh, but they're on tour, or they they were on tour just with, with Zombie Static X and uh, Mudvayne just recently, and I think they're doing some some. Halloween shows, but hopefully some new material comes out soon. So, um, but yeah, uh, aside from that, I, I got back into listening to Starbomb, which is bad news for me. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. So, um, yeah, anything else? No, not really. All right, so then we go on to our first commercial break. All right, so let's go on to news. And this is a free flow episode, so we're going to do some general news. And we start off, unfortunately, with an obituary. Uh, oh, really? The dead Kennedy's drummer, D.H. Pellegro, is dead at 63. Yes, I did see that. That's right. Passed away in his home. Uh, apparently, he died from trauma uh, to the head from an accidental fall. Oh no! Yeah, I didn't. Re- that, I didn't read the article. That's that's rough. Yeah, that that is that is pretty rough. Um, so you know that, that's that's very unfortunate. Man, that sucks. Well, on on a on a more happier note, I'm reading here that um, Ta, Slayer's Tamariah has a new grandson. 
not he's not uh, giving them up to Satan because, as we know, he is a born again Christian. Yeah, and he looks so happy in his, in the photos that he posted on. Uh, I guess it's Instagram, but it's, I'm reading it on Blabbermouth. So, you know, despite the Slayer and everything like that, he never struck me as an angry. I mean, when we met him, he was so sweet. He was so nice when we met him, like yeah. like twenty years ago. Yeah, like like Kerry King has resting bitch face, but like oh, one thousand percent. But like Tom Mariah, just like if he's if he's serious, he just you know he just kind of looks like. Hmm. <laughs> I'm angry. <laughs> For real. All right, this one. I, I've got feels about, and they're, they're not they're not not positive feels. For 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 certain reasons, some positive feels. Um, so, Motley Crue. Uh, <laughs> just 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 throw in a sound clip of just like just booing. <laughs> no. uh, or 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 uh, sideshow boss. <laughs> uh, I love Motley Crue. I um, well, well, let's just get the main news out of the way, and then I'll talk about it. So right, Mick, yeah. Mar- Mick Mars himself, the guitar player uh, of the original band, um, he has decided to full-on take retirement. So he cannot handle the rigors of the road anymore, and he is taking full-on retirement, which he should. Which, yeah, for for sure. Which the which the the full band should, except for Nikki Six. I think Nikki Six can still pull off a lot of a lot of things. Um, but Mick Mars, I feel like even when even when they did the original farewell tour and in the last few years, he's had some some health things, and I think he's just needed to to back down. And he seems like the most level headed of the band. Overall, I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's he's decided to step down. John 5 has taken his place. Oof. That is a fucking giant win in their favor, for sure. Yes. So, so if you're a fan of Motley Crue and, and, you're, and you're okay with their, their um, them coming back from, from their retirement tour so soon after having done it, um, then John Vibes edition is a great edition. Yeah, it's a it's a fucking huge thing. Like if you were gonna get anybody to replace Nick Mars, I think John Five is the guy. Yeah. So I'm a hundred percent behind. Yeah, and I think it's good. As far as a decision for the band, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, as far as Mick Mars's decision to 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 do the the stadium tour in America and then skip out on the European and, or, and world tour, it makes much more sense for him to skip out and and un- officially retire when he's about to go overseas. Because yeah. at least when he's touring America, he's close to home. If he's not feeling well, he can go home. He's cl- probably closer to his doctors. Across the ocean is a big risk for him. So yeah. this makes the absolute most sense. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. here, no, go ahead. Sorry. 
I was just going to say, I mean, I know, like the, the when they were talking about him retiring and stuff like that, it's, it, he's been battling his disease for a very long time. So it was surprising that he was able to get up on stage in the first place just for the stadium tour. Like, yeah. I think I think that was the biggest question a lot of people had, aside from Vince Neal, but that's just like a running joke. Like, I think people will actually, like, you know, take McMars' situation a little bit more seriously. Um, that was a big question I think a lot of us had coming into the this reunion tour or whatever. Um, so the fact that he was able to make it through this U.S. run and then and then pretty much go out on top on his own terms is, I think that's a, just a that's just great for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the more I listen to Motley Crue, <clears throat> the more I have respect for Mick Mars as a player. So I, I, I will, you know, a hundred percent behind this. What? bothers me, and this is something that's kind of unrelated to it, but it involves the, re- the retirement tour. I got into an argument with somebody recently uh, about their their tour. So they did the retirement tour, and then the next tour immediately after is their, their comeback tour. And I have a friend who said that he hates Kiss because they've had a billion re- retirement tours. Technically, this is their second retirement tour. They did the retirement tour. They did the farewell tour in 2000. Every tour since then has not been a farewell tour. It has been correct. Yeah. So this is their second farewell tour. So when when somebody says they've done a million farewell tours, that is incorrect and that is an outright lie. So, and, and and you can even say the same thing for the Scorpions. They had a farewell tour. Oh yeah. And they just said, fuck that. We're just going to go out playing. Yeah, yeah. So anybody who does a farewell tour and comes back and tours, um, you know what? Like, you can you can make that argument for anybody, but can't you can't make up shit about Kiss and say that they've had a billion farewell tours when they really have. Yeah. So, I mean, Ozzy pulled the same shit way back when he went on a retirement tour. And then he, his immediate tour after that was retirement sucks, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's not like the, the the tour that he was just he was just doing or he was doing before he started to get really more ill was called a retirement tour. It was just another tour. Yeah. I think I think artists like that like I think I think the stigma now is that people have done these retirement tours and then come back. Like, they specifically said retirement tour, and then come back. I think what Ozzy is doing, or has done since his first retirement tour way back when, is that he's just touring, and then all of a sudden he's just going to stop. And that's and no one's going to fucking know. And I think that's the way it should be done. Like, don't go out and say, this is the retirement tour, and then come back. Although I feel a sense of finality with the show we saw last night. With certain artists... As far as retirement, I I wholeheartedly believe that they will do it, and we will talk more about our show last night. Yeah, and and, and the fact that that was a farewell show. Um, but I will absolutely believe that. So, um, but we'll get to that. But I just want to make that that statement about farewell tours and shit because it's something that really just pissed me off. So. Yeah, and the thing is, we we've also been joking about Kiss for the last twenty years since that show that we saw uh, on their yeah. farewell tour, 
And we we haven't said that they've gone on many farewell tours since then. It's just like we saw their farewell tour twenty years ago, and they're still doing it. You know, yeah. so we, we saw their farewell tour twenty two years ago. And you know what? The thing is with with Kiss is that they can still put on a show. Molly that's Crew, not so much. That's the thing we're going to talk about uh, when we get to our show as well. Um, yeah, because I, I have some things to say about that. Yeah. So let's carry on for right now. Yeah. Um. Black Dahlia Murder plays their first show since the uh, passing of their singer. Yes, I, I heard about that, and apparently, I think it was Metal Sucks who was talking about it. Um, they 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 were pumped for it. They they think it sounds great. They're excited for the band to continue on, despite the fact that they lost their frontman. Um, the the general consensus is that this is a good thing. Yes. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping for good things. I'm not the biggest fan of the Black Dahlia Murder, as in I've never listened to their stuff before. Right. But right, right. In, in what I know about them, and 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 obviously in the in the face of losing a member like this, I I, I hope for I hope for good things. So yes, mm-hmm. positive. For sure. Speaking of positive, Skid Rose, Dave, <laughs> I, I Dave fucking Rose, knew it. Dave Snake Savo sits out shows after testing positive for COVID nineteen, and the guitar tech steps in. Um, always good to have a good backup like that. Um, the guitar tech to step in for uh, a sick or or injured uh, guitar player. Uh, very similar to uh, Metallica back in the 90s when James got burnt up. He couldn't play, but he could sing. So they got their guitar, his guitar tech to play for him um, on on stage, which is pretty badass. Yeah. Um, Avenged Sevenfolds, M. Shadows, still believes the stage will continue to grow and stand the test of time as Avenged Sevenfolds' worst album. <laughs> for sure I, I think we've talked about this before uh specifically about this album being like not great but also like the lack of marketing like it was a surprise release like dude again you're not beyonce you can't just surprise release something expect it to happen for you that's not gonna work you're eventually sevenfold like you a very very niche fucking group here come on um I, I would have to agree with that. They they just kind of need to uh, understand that. So, um, ex-Candlemas singer Messiah Marcolin and Candlemas guitarist Matt Bjorkman share the stage for the first time in 16 years. Damn. Um, they play with, yeah. and they play with Anvil, which is kind of crazy. It's it's kind of interesting because Messiah Marcolin. Uh, you know, I, I think I feel, like when I, when I think of Candlemas, that's a name that comes up for me. He was only on like three or four albums, and they've had multiple albums. Yeah. So um, you know, they've 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 probably had about three, four different singers, but I feel like that's the one that gets most um, accredited. Very interesting. Uh, Fear Factory is in pre-production for a new studio album already. Although Which I feel just, like well, the, the last one came out like a, two years ago now or something like that, even though it feels like yesterday. I, I think that Fear Factory record was also in the can for a while. For some reason, like the release of it was delayed. So it's like 
this like that record may have been new at the time, but it was probably already old for fucking Dino. So he's probably had like some material ready to go. Plus, we also were expecting um uh, announcement of a new lead singer any second now because Burton left the band. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have to we'll have to see what happens there. Um Iron Maidens, the future past tour to continue into twenty twenty four. Jesus. Speaking of, bands, speaking of bands that I don't think will ever actually retire, what I think is that the first person to leave that band is either going to be Dickinson or Adrian Smith, and they'll just kind of go from there. It'll be very interesting. It'll be very interesting if that were to happen. You know? But, yeah. uh,. I know Adrian Smith's got his side project with Richie Kotzen, which is pretty good. Dickinson, of course, has a whole solo career. But even even fucking Steve Harris has a, a side band, too, now. So it's like, you know, I mean, Iron Man is the moneymaker, but they, they do have other creative outlets if they decide to do that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and Nick and McBrain has done McBrain's damage. McBrain brain damage before uh which is his side project which is basically just covering iron maiden songs with a couple of guys that he he's friends with so i think he also has a uh another cover band that called titanium tart which i i love the name yeah um and he also has uh, a stake in that rock and roll ribs so so he's got he's got stuff yeah they've all, for sure. they've all got they've all got things I think the only person who's like really 100% tied to Iron Maiden and just you know doesn't really care to do much else is Dave Murray. I mean, he seems pretty content in what he's doing. <laughs> he, yeah. He's always the one that's smiling the most on stage, so I think he's just very happy to be there. <laughs> yeah. So this is funny considering what we talked about last time. Corn's Jonathan Davis says he's definitely allergic to dogs. Which is ridiculous, because look at the picture. He look at the look on his face like I am going to die. That that, that is photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> He's really holding like a stuffed dog. <laughs> uh and the first comment is uh funny, I'm deadly allergic to corn. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Chevelle has seven songs written for the next album, which is ten songs too many. <laughs> uh, that's good um, David Ellison I do not own a copy of the new Megadeth album nor will I, don't care we really need to stop talking to him about Megadeth like I know it's a big thing for him but like all of these all these uh, clickbait headlines feel very whiny at this point um, so whatever <laughs> Deftone Frontman's Crosses announces uh, permanent radiant EP. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I heard the. Uh, I haven't heard the new song yet, but I've I heard that the new song is actually quite is like quite catchy and very good. Cool. I will not be listening to it, but that's fine. <clears throat> uh, Hailstorm announces Back from the Dead Deluxe Edition. That was is that their newest one? Probably yes. Yeah, I think so. Now, this one, uh, I'm going to premise with, with the news that came before it, but um, 
earlier in the week, I believe, uh, Mightwish's Flori Anson announced that she has breast cancer. Right, yes. So so this is follow-up to it. She had surgery for it to remove a uh, tumor that they found very early, and the surgery went well. So good, good to know. Yeah, for sure. I wonder if she's going to have to go through chemo, too. I don't know if, they, if she talked about that in the uh, in the interview or whatever. Oh, it's going to be tested. The lymph node will be tested. So we'll see what happens from there. Iggy Pop drops new single, Frenzy. Iggy Pop. Interesting. Interesting. But gotta gotta hear that. Probably sounds. Yeah, like Iggy Pop. Uh, oh Avatar announces Dance Devil Dance album shares title track. Oh, cool. I like Avatar, so. Yeah, they're fun. <sighs> Judas Priest, uh, Ian Hill says it's a pity that Richie Faulkner and Tim River Owens aren't being inducted into the Rock Hall. Thank you, somebody who acknowledges that Tim Ripper Owens was actually in the band at some point. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that Richie Faulkner is not being inducted only because he's such a latter-day part of the band. Yeah. But it doesn't make, like, I'm surprised that Tim Ripper Owens isn't being inducted because, like, if they didn't get Tim Ripper Owens, I'm sure that when Rob left the band, that Judas Priest probably would not have existed until Rob came back. Like I think I think Ripper Owens being part of that band is what kept them afloat until Rob came back. Within Temptations, Sharon Den Odell praises Iron Maiden. They never fell out of love with music. Well, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And and that's why they still make it and they still kick that ass. Kicking that ass. Kicking that ass. Pantera Santiago headlining show sells out and gets moved to a seventeen thousand capacity arena. That is wild, Zach. Fuck. <laughs> no, I, I heard about this. I heard about this that the um, the original show was in a much smaller venue, and it. The, the demand for it was so huge that they had to move to a much larger venue. So that's that's pretty pretty telling for what people uh, that people are excited for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did also read somewhere that uh, Zach Wild also acknowledges that this is not a Pantera reunion; that it's a Pantera celebration. Um, so, like, I, I think like the general consensus is that this is not Pantera. This is a like a Pantera tribute. With two original members, so I think I think that really is what's going on. And I think people kind of like, and I think a lot of us got kind of like our panties in a twist over like the whole Pantera name behind it. So um, I think like it, it's looking better and better the closer and closer these things come, and then what happens when it comes to America is going to be something something to see. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um. King Diamond, Andy LaRocque. Uh, we've got a lot of songs written for the Institute album, which, mm. which you know, they, they've been waiting for that for several years, and uh, let's just tour with Merciful Fate for a little while. And you know, I just remember, like, I think there was 
uh, I used it as a cover on my Facebook page at one point. It was like King Diamond's face with 2016 under it. And that was like the announcement that he was going to be releasing an album then. Yeah. Um, and that was six years ago at this point. We're going into seven years now. <laughs> so, I mean, he's releasing albums almost as quickly as George R.R. R. Martin's releasing fucking Game of Thrones books here. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, we haven't reached the level of Chinese democracy yet, but we're getting close. But we haven't we haven't felt all that threatened that, that King Diamond's going to be dying anymore. Also true. Also true. Not like George R.R. R. Martin. Yes, you're right. Um, but I will say I, I'm still dying a little bit inside for having to miss the Merciful Fate show in Dallas. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I, I can like I, I, need, I need to be I need CPR. <laughs> <laughs> um Anthrax singer Joey Belladonna to relaunch his Journey tribute band with three shows in December. That's fun. Albuquerque's metalhead mayor dons Soulfly shirt while voting. Yes, yeah, this guy. This I I remember um, he was on the Metal Sucks podcast a couple uh, maybe a month or two ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, he yeah he's a he's a he's a big he's a big old metalhead that guy. That, that that that's that's a cool man. I would vote for him. I'd absolutely vote for him. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't care about people being unhappy about um people being unhappy about Bruce Dickinson being unhappy about marijuana smokers. Michael Wilton, the Queensryche entity is bigger than any one individual. Taking direct shots at Jeff Tate. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Like, okay, guy. Corrosion of Conformity will focus on next studio album after completing fall 2022 U.S. tour. Sweet. So here's here's a good thing about Down not completing the, the EP quadrilogy we're supposed to get is that we're getting more Corrosion of Conformity and Phil and Rex are playing Pantera songs again. So I guess, you know, that's the good with the bad. I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. Um, inflamed guitarist Bjorn Jalot felt isolated and useless in the early days of the pandemic. So did we all. I was going to say, buddy, welcome to the fucking club. <laughs> I mean... Essentially, like I, I, I never felt that that pure isolation and uselessness because apparently my my job is essential, quote unquote. Remember that whole phase of things. Um, so I never stopped working and never stayed home for any length of length of time. Um, but I like I know from a good portion of friends that like that that very early period of the pandemic was really hard, and the fact that it kept on going for so long was just fucking brutal. But hey, if you're still feeling that way, sir, and you live in Texas, please call me at seven six zero. Private practice. <laughs> <laughs> Private practice. Amorphous, the official story of Finland's greatest metal band book, now available in English for the first time. I'ma buy that shit. <laughs> there you go. 
Not at all right now. <laughs> I want to see if it's actually oh. like, available on Amazon. Oh, shit. I didn't even know this. Oh, Catatonia announces Sky Void of Stars album. Oh. You didn't hear about that? I saw the single, and I listened to the single, but I didn't realize it was connected to a fucking new album. Coming out in January? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is great. This is wonderful news. That's right. I can't wait. That, that's right. To to sit there and bring your bring your uh, your your depressing uh, your seasonal depression down even worse as far as any sort of winter goes. Here comes Catatonia. For sure. For sure. Oh my god, that is wonderful news. I and I listened to the single too, and I because I usually don't do that, but I was like, oh, a new single from Catatonia. What's this about? I listened to it, and it was really good. And now. Now that I know there's a whole fucking album coming out in like three months, oh, oh no, this is wonderful. Lou Graham on current foreigner singer Kelly Hansen. He mimics my style right down to the ad libs, and I'm offended by that. <laughs> wow. Oh, he is, okay. He's finally wearing the foreigner belt, so let him. Let him. Let him <laughs> foreigner belt that's great i need to buy the the box set because the more i hear foreigner songs i'm like fuck your foreigner kicker <laughs> <laughs> oh no they don't <laughs> <laughs> like uh, i was listening to the radio yesterday and the song urgent came on and i was like yeah <laughs> oh my gosh martha jesus my cat is just accosting me today she just requires so much love. Poison singer Brett Michaels plays surprise set in Manassas, Virginia. <laughs> no one cares. He asked, he asked before surprise ones because nobody's booking him for real ones. <laughs> Rob Halford, new Judas Priest album is close to completed. Speaking of like prolific in the later half of their career, like this band is putting out like an album like every two or three years, which is good. This is very good. Um, ACDC's Brian Johnson shoots down rumor Bon Scott wrote lyrics for Back in Black prior to his death. I've heard that rumor before, and I honestly didn't believe. I, I, honestly, I didn't believe it either because wasn't there like a, a like even if it was a short period of time, there was definitely a period of time bef- between. Bon Scott dying and Back in Black. Yeah. And it, everything felt fresh on that album comparative to uh, their previous records. So I, I don't believe that at all. Yeah. I, I don't think I believe I think I think he I think he or the band wrote that wrote those. For sure. Uh, Wasp, Blackie Lawless, on his upcoming autobiography, it was a process of self-discovery. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, still, I, I will still read it, just because I'm, I'm curious about, you know, history. Uh, now, this is a cool one, and I give all courts credit to the band. Kitty plays a free show at Las Vegas Lounge following the When We Were Young festival cancellation because that that whole festival can suck it. 
I'm just I'm just super super happy that something came out of it, and I'm actually really happy to see Kitty like really like making like a, almost like a comeback at this point. Like you know they're they're playing shows again. Um, I think uh, Morgan was on the Metal Sucks podcast a couple of weeks ago, maybe maybe a month or two ago, and there's talk about possibly like doing new music and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty cool that they're getting something of a resurgence. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very happy about that, and I, I and um, I'm, uh, I'm just generally speaking, Kitty. I thought like they really progressed to a certain point, and then they just they just stopped. And I really think that they kind of they they need to pick up the ball and run with it again. I think so too. I agree. So, um, but what I I do want to say uh, is about the the one where you're young festival and things like that. People are people are getting fucked hard by these Blink One Eighty Two tickets because they're paying oh. hundreds of dollars for the worst possible seats. And I'm like, what did you expect? Blink One Eighty Two sucks, <laughs> and they were always just going to try to take your shit. Like they were, they, this was inevitable. And people were like, oh, it's Ticketmaster. Like, no. No, they have they have some say in the in the in the cost of this shit. And, for sure. And they're and they're definitely charging out the ass for for this. Okay, I went to I went to go see Elton John last night and I paid forty nine fifty for those tickets. Don't tell me that that Blink one eighty two is not setting a price for work. Oh yeah. For their shows. Don't tell for me. sure. For sure. I mean in all honesty, man. <laughs> actually in all honesty some of the shows that you and i have gone to or we've all gone to the, this past year have been very reasonably priced i haven't been like sh- ticket shocked at all this year the the actually um prior to this year the most expensive show i had ever gone to two times in a row was bon jovi i had spent 120 bucks on those tickets Oof. Because I was because I was dating somebody at the time who was very much into that. I spent more on the gorillas. The gorillas put on a show for that fucking money. <laughs> they, they put on a show. You're getting a show. Um, yeah. So so that is that is money well spent. And in in the venue we were in, we were in a pretty great spot off to the side of the stage see everything they didn't look like ants so it was fantastic so you know if you're gonna if you're gonna charge money you put on a good show blink 182 not a show fuck off yeah that 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 ticket price is probably all nostalgia related and and now that their fan base back then are making adult money, that's probably what they're trying to take advantage of. Oh, what they you know, think is adult money. True. It's also like, it's supposed to be like a reunion show because Tom DeLonge was out of the band for a while and he's back in the band now. I think they were supposed to release a new record. I think this is a whole fucking to-do. Yeah. But it's like, like who really fucking cares? <laughs> no, I got you. I I got you. Trust me, I got it. Do, do, do people really still care about Blink One Eighty Two? They weren't that. They weren't good then. They aren't good now. 
I again, just, I think I think it's it's a nostalgia thing. Like especially after like the last two years, people need some comfort, and you know, a lot of people probably found comfort in Blink One Eight Two way back when. And like, man, let's let's just feel young again after these last two shitty ass years. So yeah, but people want to feel comfort not by spending the money that they probably don't have because they probably lost their job because of COVID. Also true. Also true. I can see that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't pay money to go see them. I wouldn't even fucking listen to their shit on Spotify. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Parkway Drive announces January February twenty twenty three U S tour. Uh, there's a blabbermouth preset. Cool. Um, this is weird. Ozzy Osbourne to perform virtually at Metaverse Music Festivals edition. Of yeah, this is. I, I didn't read this article, but I saw this, and like, I'm also hearing a lot of negative things about this metaverse thing. Um, it, isn't it Facebook related? Oh yeah, because I think Facebook is. They were trying. They were rebranding themselves as Meta. Now Zuckerberg is trying to do this whole metaverse thing, and um, I listened to DoomPod, and on on DoomPod, one of the hosts, his name is uh, Jason Goldman. He was uh, one of the. He was on the founding team of Twitter, so he's he's very much on the in the pulse of the uh, the tech world. And he says that like he's mentioned on the podcast before that the metaverse is just is just fucking floundering. It's like they're trying hard, but they're not doing well. So, I mean, I think what they're trying to do is like Ozzy Osbourne still has very much of a, a sellable value. Uh, but he's also like a crossover artist. Like people of all genres listen to him. So they're trying to get something who's like a stalwart in the music industry to kind of sign up for this. And I don't know if they asked Metallica or not, but they might have said no. Just. No. Just no. <laughs> no. Well, the good thing is, though, is that if he performs, quote-unquote, virtually here, the good thing is that he's not going on tour. So he can still perform, but he doesn't have to go on the road and risk his health anymore. I mean, he's probably performing anywhere, like, probably within, like, a fucking, like, a TV studio or something like that. So, I mean, go, good, you know, stay healthy, stay active, but don't, like, but don't risk yourself going on, like, a tour. So do what you can, buddy. Yeah, I suppose, but, I mean... I think he should just he should just relax. I mean, you keep making out, do that. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, I, I'm surprised. Like a lot of people have talked about this whole thing about like you know it's not worth it to release an album, EPs and singles are the way to go, yada yada yada. But here we have Ozzy releasing a new record every two years, just fucking going after it, and you know. Again, you can make him sound great in the studio. He doesn't need to go on tour. He can just keep on releasing albums. I think he'll be perfectly fine. Seriously. Speaking of new albums, Camelot to release a new studio album in early 2023. Didn't they just release one? Or am, I, am I thinking of somebody else? I think you're thinking of somebody else. Okay. Nita Strauss recruits arch enemies Alyssa White Goose for a new single, The Wolf You Feed. Is Strauss. Just very good. Kicking ass. Also rejoined uh, Alice Cooper for it. Yeah, I mean she's she's all over the place now. She's doing she's doing the tour with Demi Lovato. She played with Alice Cooper. She's got this coming out. I think 
pretty sure she's working on a solo album. So, yeah, she's fucking killing it. Def Tape performs acoustic versions of Queensryche classics at free concert in Germany. That sounds cool. That sounds pretty cool. Hell yeah. Tobias Samet says Ronnie James Dio's singing was out of this world. You are indeed correct. He was not <laughs> of this world. You are correct, sir. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I will go out there and say that he is probably the most, the, the simply the best metal vocalist there's ever been. I would say so. I would say so. I mean, he, he covered a lot of uh, ground in his career. Absolutely. Um, Craig Goldie was surprised by how many times he appeared in Ronnie James Dio documentary. Well, you were there for a good while. <laughs> right? Um... Nickelback announced his first live show in three years. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy a three-point ticket. <laughs> um, okay. I, I, everyone's either weighing in on Bruce Dickinson or Pantera to thing. And I, was like, I don't think... Like, yeah, like, it's like, we need something new right now. Brian Johnson would love to make more music with ACDC. Then why not, bro? Uh, here's one. Here's one. Serge Tankin. System of Down will be making an announcement about something next year. <laughs> we are not releasing a new album. Actually, from what I from what I understand, from what I understand, he's actually down for making a new record. So we have the drummer and we have Serge. I think I I wonder if, if it's Darren holding up everything about making a new record. I don't know. I have no. Uh, Immortal announces a new album, uh, "War Against All." Apparently, they're down to one original member now. And that is not a bot. That is not a both, but he still has his own fucking project going on, which is badass. So, except performed with two singers in Patchog, New York. I would have loved to see that. That's pretty wild. Yeah, and one of them was not Udo Dirk, Dirk Schneider. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Uh, um, Whoa. Kiss reportedly played a private show for no more than 100 people in Austin last week. That's that, was, that, like, that was six days ago. That was last week. That was what? last week. They probably, just, like, they probably just showed up and like people were like, "Get on stage!" That's crazy. <laughs> I like this one. Michael Sweet doesn't believe Striper will get inducted into Rock and Roll Hall of Fame while he is alive. I'm thinking at all, buddy. <laughs> like, I don't think you're gonna get inducted at all. <laughs> probably not. Like, you, you are, you're, you're bottom of the barrel. Let's be real here. Yeah, I mean, it's sad, but Poison will get inducted first. Um, uh, Skillets, John Cooper doesn't want to dishonor God with band's artwork. To response, I say, fuck your God. <laughs> oh, man. 
Tommy Lee's 60th birthday party. Don't care. Um, Brian Johnson couldn't watch Axl Rose perform with ACD. Told he did a great job. I actually heard that too. I heard he did a great job too, and I think that was also the beginning of like um, Axl Rose actually being on his shit. Because I remember, because like I think the um, like Guns N' Roses was doing well, and we were like, all right, wait for the we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, and then he did the thing with with ACDC, and there was no issues there. It's like, oh wait. Axl Rose might actually be a fucking professional musician now and doing taking care of some business. And then the whole Guns N' Roses thing that's been going on for like the last six fucking years, you haven't heard any issues. There, there's no late shows. There's no fucking prima donna diva shit going on. Like, Axl Rose seems to have finally grown up. I wish that had happened to, to Scott Wilde. Oh, well, the thing is, I think, I think for us, we've gotten, we got both Scott Wilders. We had the one amazing show where they blew the, the chili peppers out of the water. And then we had the one like, oh no, oh uh, no, <laughs> oh no show. Um, Lamb of God joined by Fit for an Autopsy's Joe Badalotto for Laid to Rest performance in Texas. That was not our show. I, I think uh, we caught like the second to last, or we caught like towards the end of the the tour. So it's probably like one of the last shows that they played. Yeah. Ted Nugent, I was born with the God given right to keep and bear arms twenty four seven. I'm sorry, but there is no God. I don't. I was like I say, I don't remember that in the Bible. Yeah, I don't remember that uh, in the Bible either. I went to Catholic school. Uh, <laughs> Which doesn't yeah. mean much, except for the fact that I wore a uniform for four years. But, um, hey, remember that part where laws were made by man, not God? <laughs> uh, and I, I think maybe like that, that particular commandment was on the broken tablet, uh, you know, when it went down from 15 to 10. I brought you these 15! <laughs> 10, Ten commandments! <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was like kind of lost in the shuffle there. Yeah. <laughs> Someone glued it back together and was like, oh, I can own a gun! What's a gun? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, so here's here's the thing about the We Were Young Fe- when we were young festival. Uh, they canceled it due to high wind warning, apparently. Isn't that why Kid Rock canceled his show that one time? I don't fucking remember. I mean, aside from the fact that Kid Rose a <laughs> Dr. Phil looking motherfucker. <laughs> uh, let's see. <sighs> Carmine Apsey says a lot of musicians don't have a clue about finance and end up with nothing. Are correct. I was going to say, I think that that's a pretty common thing and like i also don't think that they like they don't know like enough to like look into management either because like i mean half of that half of that stuff should be also you know held by a manager of sorts and it seems like they either get like absolutely taken advantage of or like they're just doing it on their own and they're just fucking dropping the fucking ball for themselves yeah well yeah people you know they get money they think oh it's gonna keep coming i'll spend it and it's like no it's just yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Fieldy says he has no problem with the other members of Corn. We're just in different places. I didn't think there was a problem. Well, he hasn't been back in the band for a while, and he's been doing some of his own stuff, so I think there's been some speculation that there's some, some kind of riff or tension. Um, yeah. And so, he has, like I said, he hasn't been touring with the band. I think he was on the last record, but you know he hasn't been involved since. So um, I think there's some speculation. Bob Halford on an upcoming album. It is another affirmation of what you love about Judas Priest. Now you tell me okay. what I love about Judas Priest. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking to me for real? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say, it's like, oh my God, this dead silence is kind of like, is uh, scary. Uh, I'm not going to read this article, but I'm just going to say uh, without any question that Kanye West is a cunt. Oh, man. Man, have you ever seen a faster downfall? Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Queen releases newly created video for Rediscovered Track. Which is just as frightening as the original uh, cover for the miracle. <laughs> um, this is uh, this actually relates to what you were talking about before. In its moment, shares visualizer for Adrenalize 1983 from Blood. Yep, that new EP. He aside, officially starts pre-production on 13th studio album. All right. Except performs with Dangerous Toy singer Jason McMaster at Pennsylvania concerts. So Jason McMaster uh, is in a lot of fucking bands. Actually, here from Texas, uh, and he is the other singer that appeared with Except um, at the Patch Hog show. Great White officially welcomes Brett Carlisle as band's new singer. That picture seriously looks like a woman. Yeah, yeah. It also kind of looks like um, if you're, if you were watching House of the Dragon, uh, he looks like a young Aegon Targaryen. Um, you'd have to see a picture for for for, for you to get that, but don't worry about it. Yeah, that's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesse Leach on uh, Killswitch's uh, Killswitch Engage's upcoming album. It's a killer record so far. I expect nothing less, sir. Yeah, I, I expect nothing less. Uh, here, that's funny. We're we're looking back here on Blowermouth, and this one, this article is dated October twentieth, which is over a week ago, and it says John Five would be a great choice to replace Mick Mars and Molly Crew, says Tracy Guns. So they've been talking about this for a while, and I guess like rumors were coming around, and like people in the circle were like already knew that was going to happen, and it only just became official this past week. Maybe Tracy Guns was like, hey, 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 dude. Be like, you should totally hire this dude. Nikki Six like that. That's a great idea, but how about this? I hire on John Five. Right? <laughs> we don't need you. <laughs> nobody likes you. <laughs> Speaking of things nobody likes, search tanking on dealing with online criticism. Nobody likes to be hated. You are incorrect. <laughs> 
In fact, we wouldn't know because nobody knows what it's like to be the bad man. Oh. To be the sad man. Oh. Behind blue eyes. Why? Ozzy Osbourne patient number nine album theme revealed via accompanying comic book. Okay. <laughs> Taylor, we refuse to be limited by limited imaginations. Um, are you saying that somebody has a limited imagination? I'm, I'm not sure what that's. That's. I, I don't get it. Anyway, um, Les Binks was, says Judas Priest will perform with three guitarists and two drummers at Rock Hall induction ceremony. Violence um, parts ways with guitarist Bobby Gustafson. Which is really weird seeing they just like reformed in the last few years. That's interesting. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. He was a former member of Overkill. He joined Violence in January 2020 as a replacement for Ray Vegas. This one's a little off. The sword calls it quits. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I was surprised by that. Is that they give a reason? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure they have, like, a new album coming out. They're just going to release the album. And then... Wow, that is that is wild. Let's see. Oh, Pulling it up here. Um, in that so time, the... everything I ever wanted to say and do with the sword creatively has been said and done, so the time has come for me to move on to other Oh, okay, so I guess like the, the, the lead guy is the main guy, so he kind of controls everything, which is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, man, that is a shame, because they're, they're pretty badass. Like, I, I don't follow them enough, but what I've heard is pretty solid, so... Theory of a Dead Man releases new single Dinosaur. No one cares. <laughs> Big Metal releases new single Divine Attack. Everyone happy. <laughs> Nobody cares. Everybody... That's great. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Shinedown cancels European dates due to economic and logistical side of touring. I mean, I mean, the thing is, like, that's also the same reason that Anthrax gave for their tour cancellation in Europe. So, I mean, it feels like there's some struggling going on with um, world and European tours. Except for this one, Motley Crue and Def Leppard announcing the World Tour 2023. Which you immediately... They probably didn't even talk to Mick Mars about that. You know, and Mick Mars like, you know what? No. I'm good. Like, like You can even see in that picture. He's trying to hide. He's like, fuck. Dude, looking at some of the pictures of him recently, is like, holy shit. And look, this, this is a long run of shows. Yeah. Actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's like there's four shows in February, four shows in March, five shows in May, four shows in... So it's spread out. Like, So they probably have plenty of time to go home and, and, and do other stuff and rest and stuff like that. But it's still like... It's a five-month thing. Yeah, February to July with a few shows a, a month. That's, that's pretty wild. Oh, there's also a bunch of festival dates. So... Apparently, it's so it's so spread out and so scattered that they couldn't come up with a legit name for the tour, so they just called it the World Tour. <laughs> Alice Cooper taps Rob Zombie and Sammy Hagar for 20th, anniversary, 20th annual Christmas pudding concert. 
That's that's fun. Um, we don't care about Hawthorne Heights. Gene Hoglan on next Dark Angel album. We're just trying to make make the most aggressive music that we can make. I would hope so. I mean, you left Testament to do this, so you better you better kick some ass. Yeah, you've been pissed off. Blackie Lawless wants next Wasp album to be old time rock and roll record. Okay. Okay. Bob Seger. Bob Seger has something to say. Yeah, speaking of old-time rock and roll, we didn't mention this in obituaries because I think it just recently happened, was, um, what's it called? Jerry Lee Lewis passed away. That is that is correct. That did happen. Jerry Lee Lewis passed away. Great balls of fire. Here's an interesting one. Malevolent cre- uh, Creation recruits former CKY frontman Darren Miller. Interesting, because they're actually do his, his band... Uh... Uh, 96 Better Beings. Uh, they have a new album out next week. Yes. Is it, or is it this week? Uh, I it, yeah, I think it's November 4th, so it's this week. Yeah, there it is. Black That's Sabbath's Geezer cool. Butler laments that War Pigs lyrics are still relevant. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're going to be relevant till, till the sun collides with the earth. Geezer Butler looking all gray in that picture. Let yeah, it go. I, I like it. Say, finally, finally turning natural gray instead of just cool. kind of the, the pepper, salt and pepper look. Yeah, looking good, though. Look, it's still looking pretty good. Yeah. Faith and more as Mike Patton says he became depressed and began drinking heavily during the pandemic. As probably the not pandemic. the only one. Yeah, probably not the only yeah. one. That's a that's a struggle. Yes. Um. Randy Blythe doesn't know how much longer he will be able to perform with Lamb of God, which is, I want to say, like, that sucks, but it's good that he knows his limit. I mean, he's also, like, I mean, he's not a young guy, and that yeah. that that type of music and his his vocal styling is, like, um, is pretty fucking vicious on the body. He's 51 years old. Um, he's still out there kicking ass, but, like, there's only so long that that style of music and vocal style can be taken, can be done. Yeah. Plus he's also a pretty good photographer. So if he decided to, to leave Lamb of God or if Lamb of God called it quits, he definitely has a second career um, coming up. So. Yeah, of course. He, he can do plenty. He, he can, he can probably write books as well. Cause he really, Oh, for sure. To, yeah. Yeah. Autobiography. So. Anyway. Matt Sorum signs with AFM Records for debut Kings of Chaos. Matt Sorum. Okay. Lizzie Hale confirms Dolly Parton's Jolene is one of two songs uh, cover songs Hailstorm recently recorded. That's exciting. Yeah, we, rec- we talked about that on the last episode, I think, that they recorded two, and we weren't sure which one it was. Michael Sweet on Striper's Longevity. We're going to keep doing it until God tells us to stop. God will not tell you to stop. Fucking idiot. Judas Priest, Ian Hill, says reunion with KK Downing at Rock Hall induction might kickstart something. Oh, you're just fucking getting everybody's hopes up. Don't be a dick. He's so, like, Ian Hill's so positive. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god. Everything's so so like I really hope everyone gets along. What? Yeah, for sure. Why can't we be friends? Yeah, pretty much. Uh let's see. Uh Edsel Dope, we found a very unique way to allow Static X to continue to live as a legacy act. I have to see that live, so uh, here's one for you. Iron Maiden's Legacy of the Beast mobile game collaborates with Avenged Sevenfold's Death Bats Club. You mean Old Kills Death Bats Club? <laughs> Ooh, that's funny because uh, <laughs> someone posted the picture of the Overkill Death Bat like in the comments. Like, uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, there, there's a, there's apparently a T-shirt uh, from Overkill that says "Get Your Own Fucking Logo." Oh yes, I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. Um. Lacuna Coils, Andrea Ferro, uh, on downtime during pandemic. It felt very flat and not creative at all. That means that I will not ask that question when I when I interview him next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe I will have a different direction though. Um, Queen Strikes, Michael Wilton explains decision to cover Billy Idol's Rebel Yell for Digital Noise Alliance album. Why not? It's a good song. Yeah, for sure. Def Leppard book definitely the official story of Def Leppard due in early 2023 probably not high on my list there Tim Ripper Owens, Bob Daisley, Tony McAlpine, others to have featured on Metal Hall of Fame All-Star CD. Probably like the Metal Legions. Years ago. That was fun. That Metal Legions one was great. Uh, I see that Baby Metal is to support Sabaton on Spring 2023 European Tour. Uh, I think you went on pretty far ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. I'm just filling in the gaps. Okay. George Lynch once again playing shows under the Lynch Mob name. Yeah, he had stopped doing that for a while, considering the name. Um, I'm not sure why he picked it back up, though. Mm. I mean, it, you know, it is his last name, but kind of a uh, <laughs> kind of scary. Uh. As I lay dying, singer Tim Lambesis reflects on, you know what, am I having to Yeah, I lost my way, dude. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, we're not going to <laughs> Come on. Oh, Jesus. Black Crow, the Black Crows, Richie, uh, Rich Robinson says bringing back other members from classic lineup would be a money. Um, okay, at least somebody admits that. Right? Uh, like they, if they if they were to bill it like oh it's a reunion then then yeah that's probably a lot. Ginger Singer felt creatively paralyzed after start of Russia's war in Ukraine. I mean, for a while there, they uh, they weren't even allowed to leave the country. Yeah, um, they got like a special like ambassador's uh, visa or something like that to be able to leave the country to go on tour. 
Journey announces Freedom Tour 2023 with very special guest Toto. Yeah, I saw that. I, I thought that uh, I saw that they were coming around here. I could be wrong. Let's see tour dates. Ah. Let's see. <laughs> yes, they are coming here. April 4th, San Antonio at the AT&T Center. Sounds pretty cool. Zach Wilde says he has yet to learn how to play Pantera songs for a coming tour. <laughs> I figured I would just kind of wheedle it. Wah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. The thing is that that was also like that's almost two weeks ago. So I think uh, <laughs> I think he's worked on it since then. I think we're about covered because uh, I remember this one. Bruce Kulick says Kiss made the right choice by hiring Tim Thayer to replace Ace Freely in 2022 and 2020 yeah. and 2002. Yeah. We're we're caught up with the news at this point. Um, so we're 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 okay. Um, so let's just go on to commercial break number two. Greetings, Metalheads. Dan Mack here, and if you're a fan of putting a little heat on your meals, spice up your life with one of the many hot sauce flavors available from our sponsors at Hella Hot Hot Sauce. All natural, no preservative, and California-made Hella Hot Hot Sauce provides small-batch artisan hot sauces made from fruit and pepper blends that emphasize aroma, taste, and, of course, heat. With several flavors available, some seasonal, others year-round, and collaborations with members of Ghoul, Exhumed, Guar, and Hatebreed, there are plenty of options to suit your palate. Head over to HellahotHotSauce.com and buy up a couple bottles now. All right, and we're back. Um, so typically we talk about recording release news. We technically did that, a little extra. Usually starts off with the good and the men and women do. I don't think we covered any sort of charitable thing, really. No, no, not well, really. Anything specific, because I'm sure like like Alice Cooper's Christmas pudding thing might have been charitable. I don't know. That uh, is but true. We do, we do have a crowdfunder to talk about, um, and of course, it is a Sound of Thunder, um, who kickstarts a lot of what they do, and it always goes because they are just a ass-kicking machine. They are currently funding uh, the epic origin of the Queen of Hell and her battle with Uteroth in a three-part heavy metal album and comic book series. Um, so, of course, they are still working on getting out the um, the rewards for their album, The Crimson Cult, which came out a few weeks ago. And they're already getting ready to work on a new album. Um, now, as always, now, if you're, if, if you're a fan of this band and you like reward stuff, this band always always rewards their people. Um, and this time around, like now one of the times that I had kickstarted one of their projects, I had gone for the uh, CD discographer uh, um, pledge, which got you a copy of every one of their CDs up to the point of what they were, which I think was, um, I did that with, it was, uh, either it was metal or who do you think we are? Mm-hmm. Um, this time they had one for vinyl. So guess what I went with? Oh, <laughs> duh! 
Yeah, the only downside to the vinyl one was that they didn't offer uh, their, uh, their they had they had three T-shirts, three three choices of T-shirt for this one, and they didn't offer it in the vinyl discography, so I had to add it on at the end. Um, but also, I decided to um, get a little piece of um, exclusivity. Um, and for those people who are aware, a lot of bands occasionally have test pressings of, of certain things on vinyl. Um, they are doing a test pe- pressing for this in the quantity of five. Wow. Is coming to me. That's awesome. So, so I will be having one of those copies. So suck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, however, unfortunately, it is a pretty penny, which means I'm already working on something else, which I didn't have it. Oh, I haven't even mentioned that. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to be working pretty hard for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I had to put down a pretty penny for this one. Uh, but the, the the rewards are great. They always they're 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 they are a bunch of nerds, so they always do a lot of um, comic book stuff. Um, they do a lot of stuff with uh, vinyl. Um, they basically, I think, the vinyl back catalog is eleven records, which is basically six albums plus uh, a few singles and and yeah, I, I of course you know. I think um, I know you're not a collector of vinyl, so I don't think you'll want it. So I think I, I'm going to be getting a copy of the Crimson Cold with the current album, and then I'll get another copy of it with this. I got to find somebody who wants a copy of the Crimson Cold. Ask Pete. Uh, either Pete or or Pat. So mm. yeah. So, but either way, um, still they always have cool shit. Um, and so normally, um, they 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 were considering doing a quote unquote soft launch, and they just decided to throw out full a full off launch to it. Um, sitting here on October thirtieth, uh, probably about less than seven days into the into the Kickstarter, there are already two hundred and fifty three backers. Uh, nice. of, of which have made $31,385 of a $40,000 goal. Now, as I said before, they always reach their goals. So what's really the fun part of watching a Sound of Thunder Kickstarter is seeing the stretch goals. And they usually have some pretty cool stretch goals. So um, I don't know if they've announced what their stretch goals are. Um, oh, stretch goals. Here we are. Um, so, um, there's um, forty-eight thousand free digital copy of free digital copy of the second um, of the second comic uh, guitar pick for all the backers. Fifty-four thousand is a digital copy of the third comic. Um, 
and free vinyl sticker for all backers. 62,000 is issue four of a uh, free digital copy of issue four of Queen of Hell with a swag upgrade for all backers. 66,000 is Rock Until You Die single, um, song added to killer version of the album and swag upgrade. And if they reach 70,000, their highest stretch goal, um, there is the entire four, the entire five uh, release or five, four or five release of the um, of the Queen of Hell comic in hardcover available for backers. So, um, like I said, this is a this is very comic and music based, and um, your contributions to it. Um, can give you some really fucking cool shit, and the band is great, as as we all have come, as we've said for the last six, seven years. Yeah, for sure, um, for sure. Yeah, because I think I, if I remember right, uh, actually I do remember right. Um, Tales from the Dead Side, 2015, was one of my top three albums. Since then, I've just been a part of every Kickstarter they've done. Yeah, every time we talk about a Kickstarter for them, you're you're always involved, so. Yes, so uh, I am. I am a big fan of things. Uh, yeah. Um, interesting story. Um, interesting little tidbit. Um, so the the singer has like an OnlyFans where she reads stories. Yeah, I think I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Um, I mean, it's not what I would expect, but it's very cool. I like it. Yeah, I think it's like I think like OnlyFans has a very um, specific uh, fan base, and I think it's mostly sex workers apparently. But it's not just for that. Like it's no. it's a subscription service for OnlyFans. Um, it's just a matter of like what took over for majority of of the content that's on it. But like there's there's there are people who do like you know some other stuff besides that. So yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like Patreon. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that is the current Kickstarter. Um, as I said, there are still 33 days to go in the uh, in the Kickstarter, and we are already at 30,000 plus of 40,000. So let's reach the stretch goals, um, and let's hope that we get up to as as high as we possibly can. Um, now, real quick, anything as far as shit I want. Um, well, in all honesty, I think I'm, I'm pretty good right now. I mean, at work, I'm doing quite well. Uh, things have definitely taken an upturn. I, I was a little, I was a little down about work a little while ago, but things have definitely picked up and things are a lot better. So right now, I think the only thing I want right now is to get back to some kind of sense of, uh, normalcy. Cause, um, at, since the summer, things have just been so out of control as far as like schedule and time and like doing stuff that I just want, I just want a, a small sense of normalcy for a little bit before things go crazy again with, uh, with Christmas. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be, we are, we, again, we're sitting here on, on October 30th. We are about to enter, um, uh, November season. Yeah. This is yeah. About the time your job goes crazy and people, uh, my job start to um, have the uh, 
well, A, A, seasonal affective disorder, B, holiday blues. So, and also in January, don't doesn't a lot of uh, insurance insurances a lot of insurances re up. Yep, we'll start looking for therapy. And there are several ways to reach me, including seven six zero. Oh, you're gonna get into the Mick Foley level of uh, shameless plugs here. It's gonna be it's gonna be wild. Just just pull out Sako. Um, <laughs> um, but should I want? Let me let me just say, I want for nothing because I have tickets. Area. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. You're you're good. Not not only that. So so let me let me tell a little story about this first. Of all. Um, this is the first time that I ever looked at a show that Ariel was having and said, "I could do that. I could fucking do that." <laughs> we can jump. I can. I can make it. Yeah, exactly. That's the first time I actually sat there and said, "I could actually fucking do this." And so the whole thing hinged on whether or not I can get tickets. Went on. I had to go to Ticketmaster Netherlands to do this. Um, I went on there. I got on an hour before and got on the queue. Um, I was apparently one of the first in the queue because as soon as the sale started, I was like all shows. I was in line. Bam. Right there. So I bought a ticket for the Friday show, which is them playing zero one zero one one zero zero one in its entirety with most of the original cast. Most of the original cast. Right, I saw the um, I saw the cast listing, so Yes. Um so but now they were doing three shows. They sold out within five minutes. They added a fourth show on Sunday afternoon. Sold out immediately. So everything sold out. What I also did was on Thursday, um, prior to the first show, they're having a dress rehearsal for 200 people. Lindsay and I have tickets to that. That is wild. So hopefully I will get a chance to meet all the singers, get some autographs, get some fucking pictures. And all that good shit, but you know, I am so fucking pumped, which means that I'm going to be going to. Uh, I'm I'm taking a week long trip, probably starting off in Amsterdam, and taking a taking a few days there to to explore and have a lot of fun, and then taking a train to, to Tilburg where the show is, and just spending the rest of my time there. That is it, great. So, so when I say that I'm going to be working my fucking ass off to make sure that I have money for this, like, I'm going to be working my fucking ass off to make sure that I have money for this. Yeah, because, so, I mean, you got to get flights, you got to get hotels. I mean, it's going to yeah. be... But the thing is, like, dude, you haven't been out of the country since we went to Scotland in 2017. This is a I big have, fucking deal. I haven't been out of the country since I was 21. 
And I said 2017. That's a mistake. It's 2007. Since 2007, yeah. you haven't yeah. been out of the country. So that is a big fucking deal for you. That's a wild ass trip. I'm super pumped for you. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna hate the flight. I'm gonna. Hate the <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Make sure, yeah. make sure, make sure you have some some fucking anti anxiety and whatever the fuck things you need because that uh, an overseas flight just sounds awful right now. Yeah, yeah, it sounds bad. Uh, but we are we're, we're basically the plan is Sunday to Sunday. Come back on 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 a Sunday. Take Monday off and just yo for sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be major. But again, that's a whole year away. So we I was gonna say that's a, that's in September, right? Next year. That's, that's that's next September. That is a week before Lindsay's birthday, which is about two and a half weeks before my birthday. Oh, that's a great so, birthday celebration. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, we're treating it as like a second honeymoon slash slash birthday celebration slash so on and so forth. Cause by Fuck, that time, yeah. Because by that time, that'll be shortly after we hit, Lindsay and I hit our 16th year of being together. Yes, so, for sure. For sure. Uh, so it, it's, going to, it's going to be awesome. I'm fucking so pumped. So Hell yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So should I want nothing? <laughs> you can't give me anything. <laughs> Although you know, if you handed me a million, I wouldn't complain. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, mm. down, down the rabbit hole. Any rabbit holes? Negative, negative. Uh, same here. Just been doing ten more reviews, um, and those can be their own sing- singular rabbit holes. Um, so yeah. Um, Little light reading. I haven't read shit. Uh, tried to read The Prince. I read about five pages, and now <laughs> I've been so uh, I've been so fucking busy. Yeah, same here, same here. Uh, I just I just read another chapter in Fire and Blood, um, the, the the history of the Targaryens and the the Game of Thrones universe, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, really, nothing. Uh, we're getting to a, a boring part of the book because uh, after the Dance of the Dragons, um, so. It's not the um, it's not the most interesting thing. I'm just reading it to finish it, um, you know, and also just to get my 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 fair share of uh, Game of Thrones stuff because I'm still waiting for that book. Eleven years on, uh, but I have a feeling that my next physical book that I'm going to read because uh, again, this the Fire and Blood is my physical book that I have on my nightstand. I think the next one I'm going to go into is I am going to go back into the Dune universe, and you got me books. Uh, five and six in the Dune series, so I think I'll be heading up and getting into uh, Heretics of Dune, which is book five of the Dune series. Um, and of course, you know, on my Kindle, I'm reading Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'm still like three quarters away through The Hobbit. I haven't finished that just yet, um, but if I ever get some quiet moments, that's that's what I'll probably be doing. But other than that, I really haven't had a chance to fucking read, which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have all my books sitting right here, but like I've been so wrapped up in what I've been doing, so it's been like, nope, I'm just, I gotta plow through shit. For sure. Um, For your viewing pleasure, I haven't watched shit. I've watched wrestling. (laughs) I've watched wrestling, and I'm getting excited for Crown Jewel. Yeah, Crown Jewel. I'm I'm excited because it's uh it's next Saturday. Uh, I have the boy, so Gabriel and I will watch it. It's a, it's because it's happening in Saudi Arabia. It's happening at like noon time here, which is great. 
knock it out, and then have the rest of the night chill. Um, and again, it's on a Saturday. These, I, I think, I think them switching to Saturday events has been the best thing they could possibly do um, for their fans because, like, it, like Sunday nights were just kind of like it just kind of killed the vibe um, yeah. of the whole thing, you know. But if you have Saturday, you get to watch the event Saturday. You have the next day off. It's fucking great. Yeah, the the changes that they're they're making are are sounding really great. They're trying to do less pay per views. They already took out uh, day one, uh, the January first. They're taking out Hell in a Cell. Uh, Hell in a Cell is completely done away with. Hell in a Cell matches will only happen when necessary. I think that's a I think that's a very smart move because Hell in a Cell like it's the match itself was so like niche. It was so specific that. Like to have it a Hell in a Cell match at a random ass pay per view was much better than having a whole pay per view built around a Hell in a Cell match, especially when at the Hell in a Cell pay per view only like one or two matches happened in the Hell in a Cell. It wasn't yeah. like the whole pay per view happened in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it, it's and of course you know if you're if you're having a if you're having a event come up that has a specific niche to it, you have to work a story around that niche. Whereas this allows you to work a story in whatever way you want and eventually kind of like make it, make it slowly work to that niche. Yeah. I mean, like look at the storyline with the, with the undertaker, Shawn Michaels and Hunter Hearst and then in triple H, uh, it took four years for them to get to that hell in a cell match. Four yeah. years, and that's the kind of build up you need for a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to Survivor Series next month. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when is Survivor Series? By the way, do you know the date? No, I have no clue. Probably the week before Thanksgiving. Oh, so they're gonna have two pay per views in the same month? That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So and and um and Survivor Series is going to be War Games this year. So badass, badass. I yeah, think I think Survivor Series would probably be the one I get to actually watch with you guys at your house because I want to have the kids. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be a good one. So hell yeah. Actually, if time. it's a week before Thanksgiving, I might be camping. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But either way, that's that's what's going to be happening. So, yeah, um, for sure. Um, so let's, um, let's do one more commercial break real quick. Um, just throw it in here. For those of you that love that doom stoner genre of rock and roll and heavy metal, make your way over to the Cosmic Peddler, selling CDs, cassettes, and of course, plenty of vinyl from the best artists on labels such as Fotherama Records, Cosmic Artifacts, and Stoner Witch Records, among many others. Head over to thecosmicpeddler.com now. And we're back. And now let's talk about I Saw a Show. Um, and we saw two shows. Two shows. Two shows. Two very shows. drastically different. Drastically different experiences, I think. Oh, very much so. Um, so, first off, uh, not long after the last podcast, we went to go see um, Lamb of God, Kill Switch Engage, um, animals as leaders in fit for an autopsy. Freedom yes, Coliseum here in San Antonio. Um, part of the reason that we went was because tickets were buy one get one. It was a rather, it was a, it had the capacity for the audience, 
but it was not filled, so it made it feel. I, I enjoyed the the fact that everything was just so spread out and nice. I mean, so. I like I like that, but I think I think there's a couple of things that that affected uh, the show quality, and I think the lack of capacity was one of them. I think sound wise, it the the the, the size of the, of the stadium and the lack of people affected the sound pretty significantly because uh, mm-hmm. there wasn't enough bodies to absorb the sound, so it, it felt very. Um, Echoey and muddy, especially for animals as leaders. Animals as leaders did not sound as good as they could have um, in that space. I, I feel that the the low end was way too high on their on their sound mix, and it muddied the sound a lot. Um, and as far as the rest of the bands would go, I think I think the best sounding band of the night was Killswitch Engage because. Um, with Jesse doing the harsh vocals as well as clean vocals, I can understand him better than all the other singers that were on the, on the bill. Like I couldn't understand a word fit for an autopsy said. And Randy Blythe, the guy we talked about his singing style, it's very guttural. Um, you can all, you can barely make out some of the words that he was saying, uh, even if you knew what the lyrics were. So uh, I felt that the sound suffered from the, from the the size of this venue and the lack of capacity. I didn't notice actually. I wasn't. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I, I, I was just pretty content with, uh, with with sitting there. And of course, I I, I I went and pissed several times. So. For sure, for sure. Yeah, but I, I I enjoyed the show overall. No, no. I like. Don't get me wrong. I, I, like a sound aside, the show was great. I like. For me, the highlight was Killswitch Engage as a whole because I think they're one of my they're one of my top ten bands. I think if not top ten, top fifteen. Um, their their way up there was one of my favorite bands. I hadn't seen them perform live. The last time I actually saw them perform live was probably about eleven years ago at that same venue. Um, so seeing them again was great. Um, I hadn't seen Lamb of God in probably over fifteen years, so it was good to see them again. Um, every band has a lot of energy. Um, they 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 put their fucking their bodies into it. They put their souls into it. You can tell that they're having a really good time performing. Um, like again, like I have no problems with the bands and the and the way they perform. It was just the sound that wasn't a hundred percent for me. I enjoyed it, not not knowing, not knowing very many songs from most of the artists. Um, like I not knowing any from Heart really, except for some from Kill Switch, um, especially their cover Holy Diver. Um, <laughs> So you know, I I I think Killswitch was a highlight for me, but I think uh, as stage performers, Lamb of God really. Uh... Oh yeah, they 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 uh they they go after it for sure, and they're they're old. like I said, we talked about this. They're old, little older gentlemen. I mean, like you know, Randy Blythe is fifty one years old. I'm I'm sure not. I'm sure the other guys are not that far off, and they're really going at it. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Um, great show overall. Great set. Um, can't say, can't say I was disappointed. I'm glad I got to see everybody. Uh, my first time seeing Killswitch, I think, you know, I, I, I for for reasons, I was looking up uh, Ozfest 2004, which I saw at Jones Beach um, here in New York. So you weren't there for that one. No, uh, I Jones I, Beach. No, I was with uh, I was with Andrew. At, um, 
and Lamb of God played that show. So I may have seen Lamb of God that day. I just don't remember. <laughs> but it's a long time ago. It's a, it's like 18 years ago, so it makes sense. A long-ass time ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, um, but yeah, so um, seeing them now, you know, obviously with a little bit more uh, knowledge under my belt than them on a new tour, it was it was great. Yeah, yeah. So, and I've seen I've seen Fit for an Autopsy before. Um, we came in, we came in. Uh, the doors had opened, and they were like on not long after the doors opened. Yeah, um, I think I think the problem I have right now with some of the the, the concerts we've gone to is that there's not enough information uh, mm-hmm. provided to us. Like we have a, a a time on the ticket, but that's like that's the show time. Like what time do the doors fucking open? What time? Do I need to be there to get in? And like it played, it played a big role last night in the show that we saw. Aside from like some of the issues we're going to talk about, but I, like the eight o'clock show time, I just need to know when the doors open. Like, yeah. let us know that just so we can plan when to get there. You yeah. know, I mean, I think that's the only thing that's been lacking in some of our some of our um, shows that we've seen recently is information. Yeah. Um. But overall, show was show was great. Yeah, but yeah. let's talk about let's talk about last night. Oh, oh my god! All right, so let's get the negative stuff out of the way first, and it has nothing to do with the show. We Bucking saw downtown, downtown <laughs> San Antonio. All right, so number one, let's just talk about this. All right, we saw it at the Alamo Dome, which is a huge fucking venue for for San Antonio. Well, you just saw. Let's see what we saw. We saw Elton John on the uh, farewell Yellow Brick Road. Yes, absolutely. Um, you had recently just went to the Alamo Dome for Ramstein. And leading up to that show, I had saw on the highways that there were signs about shuttle buses uh, from the Via bus stops or like the Via bus stations, which is the uh, the bus company here in San Antonio, Via. Uh, Via shuttle buses going from the, the bus stations to the venue, Alamo Dome. And leading up to Elton John, I didn't see any of that. So I was like, all right, maybe it's not going to be as crowded. I don't know what they're expecting. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. So we saw that the show was opening, it was starting at eight o'clock. We figured, all right, we'll, we'll leave the house at like six 30, get down there. There'll be a little bit of traffic to get parking. Um, shouldn't be that bad. But when we get down there, wow. Wow. Was the entirety of downtown packed. Cause we had to think about, we didn't think about this. We didn't think that, it, A, it's a Saturday. B, it's fucking Halloween weekend. C, Day of the Dead celebrations are happening this weekend, too. All of this happening in downtown, all in one general area. It and, was a shit show. Oh, and Comic-Con. And Comic-Con happening not far from the venue. Oh, my God. Everything all put together, it made for an, a nightmare nightmare downtown I, i'd I mean, say we took what uh almost two hours to park like, i mean like, from, 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 the moment, from the moment we left the house to, to the moment we we got to the venue it took two hours yeah yeah absolutely because we had and we ended up having to park in a residential area about a mile and a half away from the venue we had to make the long walk the show had already started by the time we parked so by the time we got into the venue He's already about five songs in. We're walking in when he's playing Tiny Dancer, and that's the fifth song in the set list. 
And yet, like, it's still, like, it still felt... I felt we were going to miss a lot more. Because we got in, we got in maybe, like, 8.45, 8.50, and that's the fifth song they were on. So yeah. I feel like they were a little bit late, or they had a really long intro or something. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, and considering some of the some of the extensions that he did on some of his songs, like I wouldn't doubt that there were some like extended jams at the end of things, like like he did at the end of Rocket Man. Um, so all right, so that's the negative. That's the negative. Let's get into the positive. All right, the po- <laughs> positive. The number one thing about this show, number one thing, is that it sounded amazing. It sounded amazing for a, such a huge venue. I mean, this place is fucking enormous. I'm it's, pretty sure it's eighty thousand capacity. It's 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 basically it's like an indoor stadium, but like I mean, because I know they play like high school football there, so it's not a professional uh, like football stadium which can fit like I don't know eighty to a hundred thousand people. Um, it's a little bit smaller than that, but it's still a ginormous fucking place. Um, but the sound was incredible. Like, there was nothing wrong. You heard every single fucking note played, every word that Elton sang, everything was crystal fucking clear. And not not only that, but because we've sat so far away, and again, this place is so huge, they look like ants on stage, but the, the, the clarity of the video that they had on the screens was amazing. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, set list, fantastic. Oh yeah, sure. Exact uh, set list. So, so, we, so the songs we missed were Penny and the Jets, Philadelphia Freedom. I guess that's why they call it the blues and Borage song. We came in during Tiny Dancing. We sat down towards the end of Tiny Dancing. Yeah, um, like I think that's when we actually got settled. Yeah, um, but. Rocket Man, take me to the pilot. Someone saved my life tonight. Candle in the wind. You know, funeral for a friend. Reaches oh. uh, back. I'm still standing. Crocodile Rock. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Your song. You know, all these great tracks of it. You know, he he pulled them out. Oh yeah, and uh, I think one of the things we can talk about is that Elton John still sounds incredible. His voice. Like I know, it like he's changed registers because he can't do like some of the higher pitch stuff, but he's he's very much. I think that happened back in the '90s, so he's already yeah, like, he, he has, he's already he adapted his sound. Yeah, he hasn't sang high notes in a long ass time. Yeah, but thing is, like, it doesn't take away from the songs at all, and like he still sounds incredible. His piano playing is stellar. Like, what a performer! He's going out on top. I mean, this is his farewell Yellow Brick Road tour. He announced it at the end of the show. He's 75 years old. He can't tour anymore because he wants to spend time with his young family. Um, And there was, again, a a very strong sense of finality to this show. Like, this is it. And the thing is, he's going out on top. Like, he wasn't struggling. He was killing it the entire three-hour show. Yeah. And, and what absolutely helped everything was the fact that his band is Oof. very much into what they do. They were they were thoroughly enjoying it. Oh yeah, Ray Cooper, the one of the percussionists. I was I was looking into him uh, after the show. He's been with he's been with Elton John since the seventies. Yeah. So they've been playing together for a long time. Uh, and and again, 
Elton is just like Alice Cooper. He surrounds himself with supreme talent, uh, which just makes him better. So again, the the whole the whole spectacle of the show was great. Yeah, it was it was just it was it was exactly what it should have been here for sure. No, no question about it. Um, if you have the opportunity to see it, go see it. Uh, There's only four shows left. Yeah, so just just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it was it was a fantastic opportunity. I hope they release something as far as a DVD of it or something like that. Even if it's just like an amalgamation of like a, a song per show, uh, like a song per show, like they did for the Flight Six 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 documentary, I'd yeah. be down for that. Yeah, something like that. Um, but it was it was great. Um, yeah. You know, um, just a lot of great choices. Yeah, and and the good thing is is that like this is the last big concert that we have planned for the year, and it was great to go out on that note and that scale. Uh, but I don't think I'll be going downtown for a show in a long for a long time. <laughs> I guess I think and I need to recover. This, I think that I think that this is the last show of the year, just in general. Like, I think for yeah, for sure. Like I, I don't have any more tickets for any, any big shows coming up. As far as any little shows, maybe. But like, man, like I had a I had a busy year of shows. For sure, this is the this, I think this is the most shows I've seen in a year in probably fifteen years. Yeah. In all honesty, so yeah, it's 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 getting to that holiday season. We usually kind of take a seat back um, and, and and relax throughout Thanksgiving and, and and Christmas, especially December. Like December, even like in, in most ways, uh, except for except of course for your work uh, stuff, um, but like. Even with shred check stuff, we just kind of like take a backseat. We're like take the month off. Um, I mean, it, it it works out for everybody, especially because everyone gets so busy around the holidays. So it's like yeah, you know, it, it makes the most sense. It's it's that time. Um, and I think I think it's that time. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. Like the the last like two months, like September and October, have been absolutely nonstop. Yeah. For, uh, for us, so. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think you know I'm gonna I'm gonna keep myself busy with what I gotta do, but I mean for the most part, like it's gonna be low key. It's gonna be for sure too long, um, and we're just gonna you know do what do what we do, but just a little more lax because uh, I think I think we uh, we are so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, next year is gonna be. Is going to be a year. Oh, it's going to be crazy, but we're gonna we're gonna make some shit happen. But let's let's just kind of wind down this year. For sure, for sure. So, um, but yeah, fucking fantastic. Um, yeah, way to way to, way to close out the year for our concert going for sure. That that was the way to go. And again, like I think I mentioned this earlier in the show, we didn't we didn't spend that much on the tickets. We weren't we weren't hard pressed to see this show or anything like that. We were we were like, oh, that's fair. Let's let's go, right? So, and we were we were like seriously like seven rows away from the very back. Yeah, and again, like you could barely see them on stage, but this like the clarity of the screens that they had going on was spectacular. Again, yeah. I don't feel like I missed anything. I, I, I can say that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So good fucking times. Hell yeah. So yeah. Um, let's go on to heavy metal of the charts. Oh, here we go. All right, so here's a little preamble. So, because heavy metal is not typically represented in the charts, Dan and I like to follow just about anything rock and roll related. So this is also going to include greatest hits. Anybody even considered hard rock or just rock and roll. And we also decided that to have something to talk about. Dan and I have kind of, uh, as you heard earlier in this podcast, has very strong affection for Taylor Swift as of late, especially her latter career. So we kind of like to keep a track of how she's doing on the charts. Uh, Dan also likes to hear who the top five are, who, no matter who they are or what they are. And he also likes to know who Mr. Irrelevant is, which is the number 200 on the top 200 charts. So with all that in mind, let's get into it. Top five. Number one is a new album by Lil Baby, It's Only Me. Okay. All right. Right, and then remember, I think I mentioned earlier in the early in this episode that it takes about two weeks for new albums to show up on the top two hundred. So we will expect that next week we don't record, but the week after that, Taylor Swift Midnight's will probably more than likely still be number one. Anyway, continuing on, number two, and the former number one is Un Verano Sin Ti, Bad Bunny. He's been the number one album for several weeks now. He only gets kicked off when a new album comes out. So he is still holding strong. At number three is the return of the Dream Canteen by Red Hot Chili Peppers, their new record, debuting at number three. Wow. Yes. Yes. At number four is Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. And at number five is The Highlights by The Weeknd. And go ahead. I was, I was going to say that that's that, that the Red Hot Chili Peppers thing is pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's a good it's a good it's a good uh, mark for for them for sure. One thing I saw about the uh, the Taylor Swift record that's interesting is that apparently a lot of her sales for the first week uh, are strictly physical, like very like a high majority uh, like a, the majority of her sales for the first week are physical copies, not streaming, which is pretty pretty awesome. For music industry as a whole, um, I will say some of that might have to do with the fact that they are doing um, multiple versions of it, like collective mm. versions. Um, the The vinyl has four different colors. Oh shit! So um, I think um, I think even the CDs come in separate versions too. I think she's also got a cassette out too. I think uh, I saw that. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. All right. So now we're getting to scrolling. And here's a surprise. I had no idea this was still a thing. Oh, it's a Christmas album. A very Backstreet Christmas by the Backstreet Boys is a, is a new record. New record. Um, debuting at number 17. Yeah, you tell them. <laughs> and okay. going, hold on. I, I think I may have missed one here. Let me just double check. Okay, no, I didn't. Well, Sam, right. rock his body right. Alright, so let's get into it right here. Going right into Miss Taylor Swift. Number 18 is Folklore. Alright, that number 21 is Red, Taylor's version. At number 25 is Lover by Taylor Swift. That's already three, top 25 of the top 200 charts. Three albums. People are getting ready. 
People were getting pumped last week. Uh, we got uh, Rumors by Fleetwood Mac is at number 32. Queen's Greatest Hits is at number 34. At number 35, 35 is the new album Pawns and Kings by Alter Bridge. Very nice. Very nice. Like to hear, see that. I like to see that. Uh, let's see. Elton John's Diamonds at number 42. 1989 by Miss Taylor Swift is at number 48. That's her fourth album in the top 50. Evermore by Miss Taylor Swift is at number 51. That's five albums in the top 100 charts and only two shy of her weekly average for us. That's correct. Uh, Chronicle of the 20 Greatest Hits by Creedence Clearwater Revival is at number 55. Uh, let's see. Blink-182 Greatest Hits is at number 64. Sorry. Whoa, fuck that. Reputation by Miss Taylor Swift is at number 69. That is her sixth album in the top 100. And one shy of her weekly average for us. Already killing it. Michael Jackson Thriller is at number 81. Journey's Greatest Hits is at number 87. A re-entry at uh, number 94 is Elvis 30 number one hits. Back in Black, number 97. The Essential Michael Jackson is at number 99. And here we are into the second half. Greatest Hits by Guns N' Roses is at number 104. Tom Petty and Heartbreakers at number 111 with Greatest Hits. Nevermind by Nirvana at number 117. Foo Fighters Greatest Hits is at number 121. Taylor Swift, Fearless, Taylor's version at number 130. That is her seventh album in the top 200 and matching her weekly average. We still have seventy albums to go and see if she has another one some hidden there somewhere. Yeah, we, we have we have peaked at eight before. We have peaked at eight before, okay. Wow, here's a good one. Uh Pain Remains, a new album by Lorna Shore is at number one fifty. I still have not heard a single song. I mean it's just cool that they got they got some recognition on the in the top two hundred. That's true. wild. Very true. Greatest Hits by Fleetwood Mac is at number 151. Ah, number eight for Miss Taylor Swift is Speak Now at 156. People really getting fired up. Metallica Black Album is at number 159. Uh, My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade is at number 166. Aerosmith's Devil's Got a New Disguise, the very best of at 170. Leonard Skinner, all-time greatest hits at 171. Greatest hits of the Bon Jovi is at number 172. Bob Seger, Silver Bullet Band at number 179 with greatest hits. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack is at 180. Not a surprise. That one works because it's both Halloween and Yes, yes. We are getting into that period of time, probably in the next two or three uh, episodes, where we're going to be talking about nothing but Christmas albums. Yes. The End So Far by Slipknot. Still on the charts on its third week at 185. It peaked at number two. Last week was at number 72. It is now down to 185. Closing out, getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Nitty gritty. Yep. Okay. Wow. Number two hundred. 
Mr. Irrelevant is The Life of Pablo by Kanye West. Fuck off. (laughs) But let's let's recap here. Let's recap here. We have... Chili Peppers at number three. We had the old, new Alter Bridge in the top in top forty. We had Laura Shore making a strong appearance at number one fifty, and Miss Taylor Swift tying her all time high at eight albums in the top two hundred for this week. And Kanye West is still a cunt. Yeah, yeah. People still listen to his shit. Fuck off. Anyway, Mr. all right. But that's it for the charts. All right. So let's go on to our last commercial break before we go on to our discussion. All right. So you have our discussion for today. Uh, yeah, I came across this one a few weeks ago. I shared it with you, and it seems to be very appropriate um, because we are recording this episode on October 30th. It will be released on October 31st, Halloween Day. So, this one is from Loudwire. 23 rock and metal icons you can easily be for Halloween. And just looking through like a, a few of the top ones before we started this episode, I, um, I, yeah, there's some fairly obvious ones here. So, let's get right into this. Mm-hmm. And we got Ozzy Osbourne. All right. So, it says, get yourself some black nail polish, round sunglasses, and a wig if your hair isn't already long. Add some rings and necklaces, and you can even write Ozzy across your knuckles, and boom, you're done. That's a little hard. All right. Next up, we got Slash. To be Slash, you really just need a wig or long hair and a really thin curling iron, a top hat, and glasses, and, yeah, maybe some black pants. Yeah, that sounds good. Here's one that's, like, generally, like, honestly like a Halloween costume for sure, it's Buckethead. So all you need is a clean KFC bucket and a white mask. Add some long curly hair, and there you go. Yeah. I, I don't know if he has any like unmistakable clothes or not, but yeah. Uh, I think I think he's just typically like almost kind of like a jumpsuit type thing. Yeah. But it's, it's mostly just the, the, the face in the bucket. Yeah, yeah. And here's here's an obvious one. I mean, come on. King Diamond. Yeah. Top hat, corpse paint, an all-black outfit with a button jacket, and your King Diamond. You can decide for yourself which makeup rendition you're going for, himself or Merciful Fate. So you do have options. You have options. There's a lot you can do with corpse paint. So I mean, the thing is, once again, it's a corpse paint, though. You can do different, different bands. But if you're trying to go specifically for King Diamond, he has, like, two looks. Yeah, yeah. All right, next up is, of course, Lemmy Kilmister. Uh, it's not too difficult to emulate the Lake uh, Lemmy. A black bottom-down, uh, I guess that's a top shirt, uh, some sunglasses, and an El Dorado top hat will do the trick. You can accessorize with a fake cigarette and a bottle of Jack Daniels. Yeah, and uh, what comes up? We got Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, his signature blackened eye look and drawn-on marionette lines have been a consistent look. Pair with a top hat, and you're not, and you're no more Mister Nice Guy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Stevie Nicks. 
Stevie Nicks. Uh, she is known for her witchy woman style, often dressing in lace kimonos and other flowy uh, garments. The outfit doesn't have to be all black, but black accents are necessary, as is fringy long hair. Uh, she sometimes wore a black felt top hat too. A lot of top hats in our in our costumes here. I'm I'm sensing a theme. Uh, I will say this: if Richie Blackmore's not on this list, oh, good point, good point. Well, we have we have 23. I think we're only about six in, so let's 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 keep on going here. Yep. Uh, David Bowie. So, when attempting to portray Bowie, you have several options, as the iconic rocker had a few different personas he adopted throughout his career. The one depicted above in this picture is Aladdin Zane with the highly recognizable lightning bolt and red hair. Get some face paint and go to town and make sure to wear a super colorful, tight, and eccentric outfit with prominent shoulder pads to top it off. If you want to get really into it, get a single colored contact to make your eyes different colors as well. Do not, and I repeat, do not do the Nazi era. <laughs> Uh, Kiss, fairly obvious. You can be any member of Kiss. Everyone will know which band you're, rep- you're representing. Get some face paint, a comb, a lot of hairspray, and a black studded outfit with some obnoxious platform boots. Yeah, pretty much. This is the Halloween band Slipknot. All you need to be a member of Slipknot is a jumpsuit and one of their masks. There's at least 50 to choose from among the nine members, seven album cycles, and lineup changes. Yep. Any one of Corey Taylor's masks, except for the last one, would be a good one. The last one sucked, but any of his other ones are really good. Yep. It could be Axl Rose. Uh, Frontman is known for his long red locks. He has typically worn a bandana, leather pants, and cowboy boots. Other renditions of Mr. Rose include very short and tight boxer briefs and Marlboro t-shirts. Please don't go for his corn roll phase. Yes, please. <laughs> that was that was a rough one. That was a rough one. Bad. Uh, Kurt Cobain. Though Kurt Cobain was known for having a pretty casual appearance, his laid-back look is still highly recognizable. A shaggy shoulder-length wig and some oversized clothing will make for the perfect uh, Nirvana frontman costume. Ah, here's a fun one. Billy Gibbons, Mr. Gibbons from ZZ Top. It's easy to be a sharp-dressed man. Get a long, long beard, cheap sunglasses, a hat, and a leather jacket. Billy Gibbons is all you. Uh, This guy's been playing dress-up for his entire career. Angus Young. Of course, the ACDC guitarist has sported the same look on stage for as long as we can remember. Rock a schoolboy outfit, but cut the pants into shorts, and don't forget the cabbie hat. Yes, absolutely. Rob Halford. <laughs> the Judas Priest frontman is basically known for revolutionizing leather as a primary fashion staple in the metal genre. So strap on your biker boots and wear a ton of it. Studs are welcome in addition to a leather police cap. Basically, do what he did and visit your local fetish shop. Exactly. Jimi Hendrix was one of the biggest icons of the countercultural movement and his fashion sense showed it. Colored patterns, silk scarves, bandanas, wear it all and be groovy. If you are white, this does not apply. Yeah, please avoid the blackface. Please. Joan Jett. 
has had the same look for decades. It'll be easy to stand out dressed like her. All you need is a short, shaggy, uh, black shaggy wig and a black outfit complete with a leather jacket and lots of eyeliner. <laughs> we mentioned this gentleman earlier and we had already talked about corpse paint, but you can go as a bath. He has the traditional black metal look. To portray him, get creative with some corpse paint, a long black wig, and of course, again, an all-black outfit. Which could be like really like you could just take out a boss name, put in other black metal guy, and uh, you got it. Pretty much. Oh, here's a good one. You could just go as Tobias Forge. While there are many variations of ghost personas from Papa Emeritus to the Nameless Ghouls, Forge's most recent and simple stage outfit as Cardinal Copia. The look can be complete with either a mask or some detailed face paint, a colored contact in one eye. And some sophisticated uh, black attire. I prefer uh, the sexy magician Tobias myself. Yes, sexy magician. Sexy magician. Sexy magician. Oh, here's a here's a pretty. Uh, yeah, here's here's one that's common. D. Snyder. Uh, get a curly blonde wig, very colorful face makeup, and a black and pink outfit made of mesh and leather. And don't forget the football pads he's wearing in this one. Yeah. Oh, they don't even mention a, a band member, but here, Eddie. Go as Eddie. And this is last but not least, so Richie Blackmore is not on this on this list. Um, who wouldn't want to be a fictional rock legend? The Iron Maiden mascot is probably the most well-known, and there are a ton of different versions of Eddie masks on the internet. Oh, wait, no, he's not last but not least. What the hell? Okay, well, whatever. The list, the list goes on. The list goes on. We got Andrew WK. Uh, always wears a white shirt and white pants. Pair the outfit with a long, dark wig, and don't forget to bring the party. Yeah. You can go as Fred Durst, especially in his new dad look. That's a that's a pretty good co- uh, costume right there. Um, so what better way to dress as an iconic rocker and be relevant at the same time than to replicate his dad look? All you need is a gray wig or perhaps your own hair, a pair of red sunglasses, a collar t-shirt, a windbreaker, slacks or cargo pants, and white sneakers. Boom! Dad Durst is underway. Well, let's just face it. If you're a Biscuit fan, you have <laughs> <laughs> And that is it. That wraps up the... 23 metal icons that you can dress up for Halloween. The next list after this is 31 scariest metal album covers of all time, which is, uh, that could probably be a pretty fun, uh, list if we decide to ever do that. Okay. Okay. So we, we have some, we have some ideas. We gotta, we gotta start just kind of listing them off on the script so we can just pick one. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll keep this one, um, queued up for right now and then, uh, I'll put out at this script if I can. Yeah, but um, I, I think I think Richie Blackmore could have been kind of inter- interchangeable with um, the the witchy idea of Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I was thinking he could he could fit in with the witchy idea of Stevie Nicks as well as like the like uh, some of the the counterculture aspects of like um, Jimi Hendrix. You yeah. know, so black yeah. black leather pants and a top hat like Lemmy. I mean, he 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 was a he was well, he an a, of a few. He had a witch's hat, so yeah. I didn't say on top of that one. But, yeah, which is had definitely. You could definitely go for, go for his uh, Blackmore's Night vibe. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, it's just that's 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 medieval shit. That's right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I I I, I can understand a lot of that lift. It was pretty. It was pretty decent. I mean, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. A lot. I mean, a lot of the uh, a lot of things could have been just generalized. I mean, they picked like a boss, but like you know, black metal in general, you can dress as that. You know, that's a pretty standard. You know, but it's all good. Yeah, all fun can, and games. You can just kind of create your own, create your own costume and be like, yeah, this, yeah, and people will believe. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, but I haven't dressed up for Halloween in forever, so. I mean, I think the last time I dressed up for Halloween was my with my kids, and I was Gandalf. So. Yeah. Well, weren't you? Didn't you do something last year? I don't think so. Didn't you do a Stranger Things thing with last year with Brandon? Oh, that's right. A couple of years ago, the boys and I, we did all do Stranger Things. Yes, I was Hopper. I was Hopper. Right, right. And I, and I still wear that, that shirt that I got for the costume for, uh, for as a Hawaiian shirt every once in a while. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was season three Hopper. So if you, if you look up season three Hopper, you know the shirt I'm talking about. <laughs> right on, right on. All right. So, uh... I think uh, I think we're good for today. So on that note, we want to make our curtain call because the the wizard needs to go back to sleep, and warrior needs food. He hasn't eaten yet today, so he's getting a little angry. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we woke up early to to film a video. Yeah, yeah, and I had we went we went from the video straight into this podcast, and I haven't eaten yet, and I can smell brandy cooking, and I'm dying. And honestly, like this is the first time that we've hit about three hours in a while. So, yeah, this is what we get for doing a fucking free flow episode. That's crazy. That's crazy. But you know, until next time, I'm Dan Mac, and I'm Chris Mac, and we are the Slums.